Thought Bubble Audio. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk one last time. My name is Frank, and joining me, as he has nearly every week for the last six, almost seven years, is my good friend, my partner, and my co-host, Tim. Hi, Frank. It's the last time I'm really verklempt, and this is not a bit. Like, I'm actually, like, truthfully, I am far more emotional about the end of this show than I thought it was going to be. And that's, I'm not even speaking of Supergirl. I'm speaking of Supergirl TV Talk. Like, and we do other shows together. It's not like this is the end of, like, a podcasting era for us in in the grand scheme. But this is, this this project that we've been on together has been, is, has been so much fun, a great adventure, um, and it's been so much work um, mm. that you know to kind of see it conclude, like it just, you know, it, it's like kind of like graduating, like yeah. you know, like you know, um, yeah, like a pomp and circumstance is going to play at the end of this podcast. I, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and but you know, for after six years, at least you got a master's degree. I all I got is this. Uh, I I don't know. I I got a lot out of it. I mean, I, mean, I started no, the show. I started the show as a single male, and I ended up a a married man with a daughter. I, I mean, that's uh, you know, who know watched a both... bit of the finale with me last night. You oh, know, she couldn't see the sweet. TV because you know her eyes don't see that far yet. But you know, it, it the the thought was there. I love that. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. There's something very poetic about that. Yeah, man, we've yeah. come far. We've come far mm-hmm. in the last six years, and we. We, I, I, you're right. Like we're not done podcasting together. We still do shows together, but it is the end of an era. This is the end of an. Mm-hmm. This is the as far as I recall, or correct me if I'm wrong. But this is the first time that we have brought a show to its natural end. You know, we've been podcasting yeah, together for mm-hmm. seven, seven or eight years. Yep. Um, and but this is the first one that has like we've had shows. And probably, although I'm struggling to think of, I don't think we have. I don't know, not together. Actually, we've done separate shows separately that we've, maybe came to their ends. But yes, but never time. together. This is the first time a, a pro, we're seeing a project to its complete conclusion. Yeah. yeah. So and, and what an honor it's been. What what an honor it's been in, indeed. An honor an honor to do it with you, my friend, and and an honor to have uh, all all the fine folks who who listen to our to our show, and we've heard from a lot of them this week. Um, so we're going to have an, an extra sized uh, mailbag segment because you've a lot of you came through and, and uh, wrote to us at uh, at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. So, Tim, if you if you don't mind, would you do me the pleasure one last time of uh, of opening up that mailbag? Absolutely, Frank. It is rather full. So mm. hopefully we just. <laughs> Frank, you're not going to believe this. Zipper's not working again. No, come on. You got to we got to do this. Just believe in yourself. Well, all right, it's the last time. The last time. Hand me that hand me those scissors, please. Yeah. Thank you, Lando. Um and and just uh, there's a Lando Calrissian on my desk. So just uh, okay. Um just okay. And here we go. Last time, but it's just all right. And stab. All right. 
I got you all this mail. Oh, that's a lot. But of I mail. did in fact destroy the oh, mailbag. Well, in in time, it served us well. It served it us did. well. You can put it on the shelf along with all the, your your old your your green notebook and your blue notebook and your red notebook and all the notebooks from from years past. My gosh, I still have those notebooks somewhere. But I will tell you, yeah. when I switched to the digital notebook, was <laughs> a lot easier. Got way better. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it's so much better. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, first up comes this note from Garov, who writes, Hey, uh, Frank and Tim, I've been listening to you gents since the beginning and have looked forward to every episode. Your chemistry, deep insights, and banter have made this podcast a joy to listen to. Congrats on completing the ride through six seasons. Thank you, Garov. I've been meaning to write in, but kept pushing it off, and now the show is about to end. I wanted to call out a small thing in the last episode where William had a small line talking about where he was from in India. I didn't realize the actor had Indian heritage, and as an Indian American, it just gave me a lot of joy to have that simple line in there to talk about his heritage without it being a major plot point. Furthermore, I realized there are two actors on the show with Indian heritage, the other being Jesse Rath. Growing up, I rarely saw myself represented in TV shows, and now to have a superhero show with two actors of Indian heritage who aren't there to play Indian people but just happen to have that ancestry is so meaningful. Anyway, just wanted to share that perspective and the number of small ways diversity can be celebrated and meaningful. Uh, and he says he'll be listening to us on, on Beer with Geeks. He goes, would you consider extending the podcast for one or more episodes doing a retrospective of all the seasons? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> we got, right. it's, it's been a long, it's been a long road to get here, but you know, never, I never say never, I suppose, but, but uh, definitely stay tuned to Beer with Geeks for, for if, if, if anything that might happen over on Beer with Geeks. Um, and he, he says, finally, Tim, I believe you, uh, I've heard you say you're a Batman fan. I made the opening theme to another podcast, Holy Batcast, and thought you might appreciate it. And he gave us a YouTube link. I love link. Holy Batcast. I know. I what, know an yeah. awesome, what an awesome crossover. Yeah, They're yeah. great guys on Holy Batcast. Some really nice people. They are. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yes. That's, yes. Yeah. So I will put a link to, to this, uh, this YouTube link. Uh, in the show notes, thank you, Gaurav, for for that lovely note. That that was a uh, very very nice of you. And I'll, I'll just pulling back the curtain uh, a little bit. I will say that actually, he and I uh, have have worked together at my at my last job. We weren't coworkers, but uh, but we did do some work together at, at a prior job of mine. And we were in a meeting when it it we were talking about stuff that we you know. So like, what do you do for fun? And like, oh, I'm into superheroes. I do podcasts. And uh, when I mentioned Supergirl TV talk, he was like, I've been listening. And I was like, no way. And then he like showed me his phone that it was on. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're not kidding. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, so wild, small world uh, moment. But anyway, very nice to hear from you. Thank you so much for, for writing in. Uh, it means a lot. That uh, is very cool. I just want to say something before um, before we move to the next one yeah. on this. Um as far as the retrospective goes, either it probably would be on Beer with Geeks, just, mm. uh, you know, just um, as far as feeds and, and, you know, listeners go and all of that stuff. But I did rewatch the pilot of Supergirl um, before watching the finales. And after watching that pilot, I have to say it took a lot of effort not to just roll into episode two. Uh. Like, and I was so... Like, I was like, oh, man, I could just rewatch this whole show all over again. Like, I didn't really, I forgot how, like, incredibly watchable it was right from the start. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, no, never say never. To, never say never. Never say never to that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I had some thoughts. We'll get to it. But I had some thoughts of, you know, th 
things like that of sort of full circle moments throughout the series and stuff that we'll, we'll yeah we'll, we'll yeah we'll, we'll get, get as we yeah. yeah we talk about the the rest of the show but totally, let's move on totally. to the the next letter yeah, yeah next up marianne writes hi frank and tim i've been listening to your podcast every week for the last few years and want to give you a final thank you i don't have any friends who watch supergirl so listening to your conversations week after week has been like joining in those conversations myself agreeing with and disagreeing with and learning about different viewpoints I listen to a few other Supergirl podcasts, but the reason I come to yours has been to get the comic-y spin on the show and the positive geeky attitude you bring to analyzing scenes and character moments. Thank you, Marianne. That's nice. Uh, Very nice. The finale was all over the place, in my opinion, but for the sake of keeping in line with the general positivity of your show and participating one last time, I'll share some of my favorite moments from the final two episodes. Uh, and she actually shared a lot of a lot of moments, some of which are 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 uh, are in our good bits or throughout the episode. But but two two bullets that I wanted to just just call out um, for the sake of time. Uh, two two things that I really liked: Lena saying El Mayara and Kara breaking down in tears broke me. And well, yes, same same here. Mm-hmm. And the other, Kara leaving her glasses, uh, leaving her glasses obviously. And that final interview scene with Kat. There's something so beautiful about Kara without her glasses, not as Supergirl. She really does look mm-hmm. free, and I love that. That's a great observation. She Agreed. did like, even at mm-hmm. the wedding when she took off her glasses, she just looked free and like she had been like something was released we'll we'll talk about that when it uh, comes to it i have a good comparison that i'll say for when we get to that moment right on uh yeah um she also writes about these four scenes or four scenes that were cut or um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or uh shortened on the cw airing but i did rewatch the finale today and i watched it on itunes so i did get to see these four scenes um so we could actually talk about them now since they're not in my original notes. And so at the wedding, um, we have an interaction between Esme and Uncle Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy also, which I love. It's Uncle Jimmy and not Uncle James. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And she gives him a birdhouse, right? Because there's a birdhouse. The, there's a lovebird theme uh, at the wedding. And I just love... Did you... I don't know if you get to saw these. I don't know if you saw these scenes at I, all. I, will, okay, I so, haven't been able to yet. Yeah, I did. It's, uh, as I was assembling the mailbag, I saw this and our next email both reference these scenes. So, so please. Tell oh, me. okay. Okay. So, yeah. So she like goes in and she's like, Uncle Jimmy, Uncle Jimmy, I got you something. And it's a hand painted birdhouse. And he's like, I, he's like, I love this so much. Thank you so much. She's like, you really like it? And he's like, anybody who doesn't like a hand painted birdhouse doesn't have a heart. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. it's like this really, really tender scene between the two of them. But what broke me is that he's like, I have something for you too. And he pulls out this he pulls out an old school camera like the one he used to use like classic jimmy olsen um like like uh like 1977 or 1978 got it um got it jimmy like jimmy superman the movie superman the movie i think it's the same camera actually um without the without the um, telescopic lens and he's like my dad gave me one just like this and i want to give this to you and to carry on, like to carry on the tradition, and she's like, "Oh, thank you, I love it." But he's like, "And now let me show you how to take a real picture." And nice. it was just beautiful. What a what a lovely moment! That's and so great because he did mention that his dad giving him the camera back when it's like yep. season one, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way back when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just what a what a great full circle moment for for jimmy to like i love that have ismay in his life to be able to pass this off to this proud family tradition that he has his importance with dad because kelly and jimmy talk about that how dad would be proud of them and all that yes they the, did in the yes. show so it's lovely um so there's also alex and kelly asking elena to be ismay's godmother which love was it. also a lovely scene in which she like 
like Lena's like, this is the best wedding I've ever been to, blah, blah, blah. And Alex and Kelly's like, well, it's because we are surrounded by our family and friends that love one another. And I mean, you know, when you go to a wedding where everyone actually likes each other and everyone is there and happy and supportive and everything, those are the best weddings. Yeah, those are really an energy for those things. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone is just happy to be there instead of like, oh, I am, here I am at this wedding with people I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Like those aren't as fun. Um, and, uh, so, and so they're like, oh, so, you know, you're important to us and so on. And we, we don't want to ask you, you know, like, are, would you be Ismay's godmother? Which I think is hilarious because she's a witch. Um, just as like, a, <laughs> like, as a, as its own, like its okay, own sure. thing. It's so funny to me. Um, but uh, uh, she was like, oh, my, I was going to settle for being a cool aunt. But, of, like, of course. And she hugs them, and, and it's lovely. Yeah, it's – um, and so Nia catches the bouquet that is thrown by um, – that is thrown by um, Alex and Kelly. Um, and it, it, it mentions that in the show because yes. in the next scene, you know, like, oh, you missed Nia catching the bouquet. Right. What it doesn't tell you is that Nia uses her powers to catch the bouquet. <laughs> like it's landing somewhere else and she uses her little dream whip and makes it come towards her and she catches it. And then so – but in the corner is standing uh, – uh, I think it's Win Jean – and um and brainy and they're like oh or they're like oh brainy it looks like you're next and he's like yes i think there's a hundred percent chance that i will marry neonal or something <laughs> like that like there's a hundred percent probability that i will marry her or something nice it was really cute it was very cute that's really sweet um yeah and car and lena's final scene together does have a bit more dialogue which i can't remember quite off the top of my head what that dialogue is but it does flesh out their conversation a little bit more there's actually a few scenes at the wedding that have a little bit more mm. conversation spattered throughout so it doesn't feel there's like so there's not so much choppiness there's some there's more conversation between cat and Kara that oh, i caught the second okay. time there's more context for what like um i can't remember in the, when you watched it when cat did she yell off to somebody in spanish she did yes she did i couldn't the, i didn't the remember first, that from the, on the her first, first time. phone call yeah, yeah. and so yeah, yeah, i wasn't yeah. sure if that was added or not but um but yeah, so um, so there was some uh, yeah, there was some great stuff nice. in there. So if you get a chance to go back and watch um, kind of the last twenty to thirty minutes of the finale, you'll see some extra, some great extra bits. Right on! I love that. I love that. Well, I, 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 I love, thank you for breaking that down. Thank you uh, to Marianne for for writing into us about that and for for being a, a listener for the last few years. Yeah, um, thank and thank you, you to our, our next email comes from from Daryl. Daryl is probably our most actually I, I can say without without doing the the math. Daryl has been our most prolific uh, emailer over the last six years, uh, and and it's been it, Daryl has has written to us so many times um, over the years that it, at some weeks I wasn't able to to you know it's like oh we read from Daryl last week and I got another note from someone else so I'm not gonna but but. Daryl, thank you for for being such a loyal listener and and always writing into us, um, and uh, and and gosh, like so many emails to read today that I, I can't even read everything that he sent to us this week. But he did call out the uh, the the deleted scenes that Marianne called out, and he mentioned that the TV line recap um, mentioned some of those scenes in it. So oh. so I guess the screener they were sent must have been the extended cut. Um, and, uh, and they wrote the review based on the screener. So the review includes some quotes, uh, and things that didn't 
air in the in the air you know uh, broadcast version of the show james gifting esme the camera uh and alex and kelly uh naming uh lena as esme's godmother both appeared in that review so thank you to daryl for that and he he points out also that uh that extended cut tim you mentioned that you you got it on itunes and daryl adds that you can also get it um and watch it for free on the cw website um yeah so and the cw yeah, app the cw so, app yep so right, if anyone wants to uh, go ahead and, and watch that and, and see the extended cut um, for free while while it's still available on the CW app and the CW website, go for it. Um, that's what I'll be doing. I've, I've already watched the finale twice, but um, I guess I'm watching it a third time so that I can see those deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, our last email comes from friend of the show and sometimes co-host Brent, uh, who says, I wanted to give you a huge thank you. Uh, to the two of you for all the years of entertainment you provided with Supergirl TV Talk. It genuinely enhanced my enjoyment of the show and was an honor to be a guest a few times. You guys do amazing work. Now on to more Be Ruth Geeks. Thank you for your entertainment and your friendship. P.S. I still think that was an amazing call when Tim figured out Hank Henshaw was really Martian Manhunter. (laughs) I have to agree, Brent. That was still legendary. Uh, That will go down in the annals of Thought Bubble Audio podcasting for for many, many years that uh, we will tell our children about that. But um, yes, thank you, Brent, for for your friendship, for for being a, a great uh, friend to the show and and a guest co-host and um it's been great to have you on weirdly for the 12th and 14th episodes of every season for whatever reason um, we're, just, we're very consistent I, yeah I for what, what it is when it, you yeah. know come episode 12 one of us needs a break every year apparently so i don't know but thank you brent uh very nice of you to say and and uh yeah well yeah. been been uh you know we we met brent through through podcasting and have become good friends uh through it and it's uh just awesome when, when those how those things happen how a little community builds um and we've met so many folks through this show you know in, in particular um our friend lauren comes to mind who designed our cover art um, yep. has done a, a couple of iterations of the cover art and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know I'll get in trouble but I, I feel like when you give an Oscars thank you speech I was like oh I'm forgetting people um, but but uh, it, so many folks that we've met through this show um, folks who have emailed us folks who have interacted with us on uh, on social media and it's just, you all listening are the reason that we do this um, we wanted to connect with other fans of Supergirl and the Superman family of characters and you know obviously once this show took off we got introduced to new characters and and we um new new fandoms sprung up and we have all been a community throughout it and so this this mailbag segment has always been you know what what this show is really about and that's us as fans getting to talk to each other you know Tim and I do the show but you all contributing your voice um, has been really important to me personally. I I have been on the on the other end of like writing into a podcast and and you know wanting to be part of that community. So I I appreciate all of you for spending time doing that and and tweeting at us, emailing us, uh, listening to us over the years. It means it means a lot. Um, it does, and for and especially for aspects of show, you know, like things that we get wrong, or pointing at things like uh, like mm-hmm. our first email with diversity, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not stuff that I mean we can see it obviously, but it's not it's not something that connects with us the same way, and so it's just nice yeah. to be part of a community that offers a perspective that's different from our own. Absolutely, um, yeah, 
and it's been it's been lovely. And I mean, even the mailbag. I mean, we've we, we've gotten mail from people that we um, we can't read on the show, you know, but we've been able to connect with. We've been able to connect with people who have worked on the show, um, whether you know through interviews or mail that they've sent us. And sometimes the mail ends up becoming like stuff. You know, we we've been we've been very fortunate to talk to Helen Slater and David Harewood and Larry Tang and Sterling Gates and all these wonderful people who have worked on the show in one iteration or another. And that has just really been splendid. I mean, and it's just, here we are in the comfort of our homes. Yeah. You know, with a microphone in front of our face. It's wild. And, and yeah, as you alluded to, we've heard from other folks who work like behind the scenes on the show who, who weren't able to speak to us on the air publicly over the years, but, but it's been nice to hear from you. And, and it's, it's honestly, it's like, I'm still shocked. And it's like an honor to know that people working in production on the show are like listening to our dumb little podcast in the production mm-hmm. offices of of this show that we enjoyed so much. It's like just mind blowing and, and means, means a lot. So thank you to all of you. If you're listening for making this show and making it as special as, uh, as it has been, because mm-hmm. it's mental, it meant a lot to us. Um, but that's enough. That's enough gushing for for now. Uh, thank you all for writing into us uh, over the years and uh, and for making this last mailbag segment one for the books. But um, I think that that brings us into one last segment of vital stats. Indeed. So um, because even though there's, these are two separate episodes, we're going to um, we're going to do one podcast for the finale. Um, so this is the last uh, vital stats that you get for both. So it's episode numbers 19 and 20 of season six, the final season, the final episodes, um, episode titles, the final gauntlet and Kara. Now, Frank, I, I don't know if you clicked on the links that I attached in our notes at all. Um, but there's some thematic music that I put in there for us. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, it's happening. Yeah, baby. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Written by uh, 619, written by uh, Jay Holtham, or story by Jay Holtham, teleplay by Derek Simon and Jay Ferber, uh, directed by Glenn Winter, who also directed the pilot to this mm-hmm. show, which I think was amazing. So anyway, the final gauntlet, the final countdown, same syllables and everything. It's the final gauntlet. Um, anyway, so here's the vital stats for the next one. Kara is the final episode. I will remember you. Nice. Nice. Will <laughs> you remember me? I feel like this is a bit we should have done for the last six years. Like, you surprised me with a song that I have to play. Because <laughs> I, I legitimately <laughs> didn't notice you'd put those links in there. I didn't. Uh, so this is fantastic. a surprise for me. I love this. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um... Story by Robert Rovner and uh, Jessica Keller. The teleplay by Rob Wright and Derek Simon. The dream team, if there ever was one, on this show. Uh, and directed by Jesse Warren in the final episode. And yes, we will remember you, Supergirl. Don't yes, worry. Yes, we will. Um, I don't know how you felt, but I thought this, these were some of the strongest episodes of the season, just kind mm-hmm. of objectively speaking, as... Um, 
you know, instead of, in comparison to a lot of what we talked about in season six, these were strong episodes. Very. Um, and, uh, and I, I think I, they probably could have taken a lot of what, what transpired in 19 and 20 and actually stretched that over past couple episodes instead of stretching the gauntlet out. They could um, have. They really like, could or have. Or the totems out in the other way. Like, I would have liked to have seen, like, almost like the human characters wrap up a little bit on the slower side. Um, but, uh, you know, because I was really invested in that. And it turns out I was really invested in that stuff, like a lot. Um, and so, but I just, I, I truthfully, I thought it was a really strong finale. Like, and I don't say that about many finales. There are so few where I'm like, that was good. I feel ultimately satisfied about the journey that I took over these past seasons. And I can confidently say that about Supergirl. Yeah, I, I will completely agree. The finale was, was very strong. I mean, these are, this is probably the strongest outing you know if you taken as two episodes or as one like however you want to slice it maybe the strongest i mean yeah i would say the strongest of this whole season um and for for me for my for my money yeah i i, I, I think the beginning and the end but the the beginning was really yeah. uh the yep. end of season five that's so, right that's right yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it's been a hell of a journey yeah it's a real strong end i i absolutely agree and we'll we'll get into all the reasons why but everyone you just mentioned who worked on the story in the teleplays and the uh and and directed and like a plus job to everyone involved behind the scene behind the camera and in front of the camera because that what a way to go out mm-hmm. yeah i i absolutely agree so let's let's talk about some good bits and we're just going to talk about Eight, 19 and 20 together just you know mm-hmm, so we won't keep mm-hmm. going back as and a forth. whole but you know as a whole but in chronological order for the most part um there's so many good bits between these two episodes i went into double letters um yeah, in yeah. my bullet points i, I went a through z and then yeah it went right in double letters double so a. let is let is just we're gonna roll right from uh, the top, I love that we actually picked up right where we left off from the previous episode. Like, it's just seamless three, like, these three episodes just told one long story, like, one really long day until it skipped a couple weeks. But, you know, yeah. um, but I love right going back to Fort Roz uh, and the Omega Hedron, like, it just in passing, like, it, like oh, we're just going to meet here near this bridge um, where all of this stuff transpired. And also, it's a dead zone for superpowers for reasons. And I'm like, I don't even care that I love that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I I liked Lex using right out the gate using a baby truth seeker um to to prove to them that he was uh that he was telling the truth as he sort of mm-hmm. revealed uh what what the what his demands were um and i was i was like oh smart smart good bit of continuity to bring in the truth seekers again and yep. smart because it's like okay cool now i have no doubts that he's telling the truth so like it it just levels the playing field a bit i like that it's true although the madness or the scheming of lex Luthor, you could be like is that a real truth seeker or is that just like a rubber ant- i suppose just a rubber prop i suppose um you know like but you know but it's true uh it i loved that um i loved lex referencing beauty and the beast he's like you don't have to see beauty and the beast to realize what the petal falls falling off the flower means and, and um, i was i'm sure you were too i was thinking it as soon as i saw the petal fall off the flower i was like wow oh it was gosh, going straight totally. up beauty and the beast and then when he acknowledged it i was like all right at least they're being upfront about it <laughs> yeah you know then I, I guess it's fine whatever i i but i kind of loved it and i loved that lex was the one to be like yeah i watched it yeah yeah whatever. lex Luthor has seen beauty and the beast <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I don't think about Lex Luthor as a person who sits down and watches movies. Me either, but I feel like he's also somebody to absorb everything to yeah. like further his own knowledge base. So That's he's true. just going to he's just going to take it in no matter what. He's going to know those things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love uh, Lex's butler preparing canapes for a child. Like, oh, I hope she I likes do. canapes. Yeah, and Mitch being like, mm, "These are these are good." Yeah, Mitch. Like, yeah, <laughs> Mitch got a couple of good moments this week. He did have a good couple of moments. Um, I like that Lex's, but we talked about Lex's base being kind of like, you know, different things over the past uh, couple of episodes. Um, but it dawned on me that it, it's almost like the anti-DEO mm. from season one because it's this uh, subterranean cave-like structure where technology happens for reasons. And that is very much the DEO of season one. Uh, and I, I like that. And I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, probably not, but I watching the pilot and then watching this, I was like, Oh, subterranean layers. Like, let's like, that's a nice little, that's a nice little nod. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that until, until you pointed it out. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, poor Esme, like being kidnapped and being like, I'm never going to see my mom's again, am I? Like, nothing good has ever lasted long for me. Like, oh, my gosh. This little girl's, like, what, six? And, and I know. And she's already, like, she's... Good thing that Kelly is a therapist because this little girl's going to need some therapy. Like, no oh my kidding. Gosh. She's no already at six. She's kidding. so cynical. And so, like, yeah, no, nothing good ever lasts for me. My heart broke for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. But it was such Absolute a good... friggin' Good writing. Good writing. Yeah. Um, I liked Lena's purple eyeshadow. Mm. I just love when a Luther got some uh, some purple in there, and she just looks super cool with it. And so she stuck I with like the purple it. all through. She sure did, Frank. She sure did. Isn't it strange that uh, Luther's colors actually purple and green, but we never really see them in green. We always see them in purple. Purple's the like, dominant gra- color. Green is like the highlight. The the the. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the accent yeah. color. Interesting that you're wearing green right now, and I'm wearing a Superman crest. Truth, truth. So, and you're bald, and I'm so. Mm, mm. Lex Luthor stole forty canopies, <laughs> <laughs> and and it was terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> um, uh, you go. Your your turn. When Kara was was willing to use whatever power necessary, when she says like, "I will use any power necessary, even if I have to put together the all stone myself to save Esme." Um, that was on the one hand, I loved how much she was like, Hey, Alex, don't, don't freak out. Like we will say, I will save Esme, whatever it takes. I will save her. But then when she goes to Jean and she's like, I don't care what, what power I need to amass. I will save her. Um, I, I, it was nice, but also like on an alternate earth that could have gone real dark. Like that could have been real, like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it just yeah, it could have gotten real dark, and obviously we'll we'll get to to what the the choice she made not to go down that road. But um, as soon as she said it, I was like, "Oop, alarm bells! That is some power grabby kind of stuff." Like that's not yeah, a lot great. of alarm bells. That's a definitely talk about that in Storytime yep. Village as well. Um, I liked less uh, less's Lex's chest set. Wow! Oh my gosh, Lex's chest set. There you go. It was very cool looking. It was. Um, 
plus Lillian. I thought that was that was lovely. I did it. Um, I know when when I said I I messaged you and I said like, oh, I redacted some of the notes because I didn't want to spoil anything. Sure. It was basically everything involving Lillian. Gotcha. I redacted because yeah. I didn't know she was going to be in the show. Yeah. Well, the you um, know the episode description said like an unexpected ally would be returning, and uh, I didn't I didn't guess Lillian. I did not guess Lillian. Nope, me either. And I, I don't even know if that was what the description was talking about because there was a bunch of allies that that's, showed that's up. True. But they were all listed. I think for it her. was Lillian because she was the one that ended up being like, you know, she ended up hyping up Lena and stuff. Like she was the one that you would consider unexpected because she wasn't true. an ally until now. That's true. Actually, that's a uh, an excellent point. Uh, so yeah, I just thought that was um, that was fun to have her. Uh, to have her back and do some fun things, and we'll talk about Lillian as we keep, as we uh, as we go on. Always love to see Brenda Strong, um, and her skepticism at Lex being in love, like the way she just like laughed him out of the room, uh, was literally. That's been my reaction this whole time. Where I'm like, but you're in love, really? Lex Luthor's in love, really? Um, like mm-hmm. and when she's like, you mean that poetry was real? You know, like all yeah. of that. <laughs> I know, which is so funny because like they're kind of bullying him for his feelings kind of is, and yeah. like everybody is and he's just like why does nobody believe me you know what screw it like yeah, you know yeah. you all suck i'll yeah. just kill all of you and there is something too very lex about that um where like the audience doesn't believe it mm. um he, his his mother doesn't believe it nobody believes it and he's like okay well i guess i'm the boy who cried wolf one too many times right right yeah, yeah. The sociopath boy went too many times. Um, mm. uh, I liked the whole totem fight um, after the bridge sequence. Uh, just the you know, um, there was a lot of uh, fisheye angles, like in like you know, the, like a circular movements, you know, to kind of give a the scope of the battle. And it's not as very cool to see um, such a large scale battle at the finale. Um, and you know, as a comic book fan, to like see Lex Luthor. Um, fighting you know supergirl and the martian manhunter and dreamer and all of these other characters like that's that's and holding his own i thought that like that's that's pure comic book goodness um for me yeah i i quite enjoyed that plus one plus one to all that yeah but yeah the 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 fisheye lens and the the circling them as they fought was so freaking cool i loved that that stood out to me immediately as like one of the coolest shots that I've I've seen on this show. I love the way they shot that. Um I love how while we're talking about the the bridge scene, I'll just I'll bang out a couple of things here that I had a couple I had a couple of good bits about this moment. Um I love that um <laughs> that he calls her the brat of brawn. Lex calls Supergirl the brat of brawn. Oh, I missed that. That's good. Um yeah. that was that was a funny uh funny line and uh when when Nixley shows up with Esme at the bridge and uh, it's like, all right, we're gonna bring you back to your family. And then it's, it's, you know, it's Kelly and Alex in their costumes. I'm like, well, now Nixley knows who Esme's moms are. (laughs) It's not like, it's not really that hard to like figure out that like, Hey, these, these two superheroes are probably this kid's mom if they're the two that came to, to pick her up. You know, I it's, I didn't even think that they were trying to hide their identities from her. It didn't. Uh, I mean, they were wearing me. their masks, but but you're right, they were barely trying to hide it. Yeah, I do. I never thought that that was kind of in question. Uh-huh. I've just kind of given up on most of them concealing their identity in any way. I guess, but maybe they figure like, ah, eh, she's already powerful. Who 
who even bloody cares? Yeah, like, I suppose. We're just getting yeah. her back. Yeah. Uh, I loved Lillian's electric shoes. Um, you did not like that. I didn't. I barely noticed them. I want to. I want you to tell me more about the, her electric shoes. Oh, when John, John has her in like in a grasp, and she's like, "Oh no!" And then she like stabs him with her shoe and electrifies him. Um, and he goes oh, down to the ground. I noticed she stabbed him. I didn't. I didn't notice that that she electrified him. Yeah, they were like electric shoes. It was like Q worked them up for. Her. They were awesome. It's electrifying. Yeah, hmm. that's Jeez, cool. Latin. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, that's very cool, huh? Um, I love that Lex is. He's got all these cameras on Esme from like every angle, and he can zoom in and enhance and all this stuff. But it's like VHS quality. Uh, totally. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> that just, you know, like I, I get that was a choice to be like it's security footage, so like let's make it look like VHS. But it just made me laugh. It was just, it was amusing to me. I loved it. I know, like my my baby cam has better yeah, right, like, footage sure. yeah. than like yeah than what is than what that was. But that's okay. Um, so I he weirdly like loved moving the camera too. He was like he kept like moving the joystick like he just yeah. Moved yeah. Over Let me see that tattoo. This, 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 How many pedals are left on the yeah. tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> Um, when Kara flies up into uh, the sun to kind of like get away from everybody for a bit, she's like, I need to think. It was just really nice to see sunny national city. Yeah. Um, and like, but not Vancouver national city. Like I, there was actually great pains in this episode to look like LA. Yes. Um, you know, and the surrounding area to be like, this is actually where it's supposed to be. Um, and uh, it was just great to to have that sense again of like where they were and it's, part of that might have come from me watching the pilot and then i like well, I said, by god look how sunny it is and look how smoggy it is at the same time <laughs> and look how the light filters through that smog it's beautiful it's beautiful it's so good and you got a lot of that in that scene actually in this episode that uh, so i appreciated that i did notice there were some more there was more than usual establishing shots of of la uh to to for for national city where a lot of times we, we do get the the shots of la but often it's like just a shot of the catco building or you know maybe a couple surrounding buildings whatever but the, there were a lot more of those in in these two episodes than than i feel like we've seen in, at least to me it seemed that way mm-hmm. no absolutely um call this a good bit call this a why was that a decision it kind of sits on the on the fence but like Brandy and Nia are going into the dream realm and we don't even get to see it. Like they make a big deal about like, okay, let's go into the dream realm together. Okay. And then it's just like, literally we just go to them walking out of it and like, Oh, what did you find in the dream realm guys? Yep. I, I had that same thought and I was like, okay, cut like for time. Like I understand like this is not the important bit, but that's kind of where I was like, this is the part where you st- like, like you, you, this is the part that would have been good to like, maybe be over an episode or two, you know, oh, like sure, this, is the, sure. this would have yeah. been the time to do something like that. Honestly. Yes. Yes. That's one. That's, I hadn't thought about that. That's absolutely one, one way to do it. I, I was even thinking like, even if you did it in the finale, it didn't need to be um, the build up to it. Like I, I, I felt like they were building up to a big scene and then it just sort of was them walking out of it. Um, so it almost would have, it would have made sense to just tell us, Oh, uh, Nia and Brainy are coming back from the dream realm without sort of this this big build up to like, hey, come to the dream realm with me, like like I did with my sister, um, and then not yeah. showing. Uh, yeah, 
the I think I think part of that is like the build up is not necessarily for like what you find out in the dream world bit, but more about the emotional it's the relationship. But yeah. yeah, it's about their relationship because it it is these two episodes are like trying with all the time that they have to establish like really yes. establish and cement the the rest of their yeah. time together which and i feel I they did that, well they did they did a good job with it, to do it in two episodes they did a good job yeah i think so too they i did, mean it's obviously nice i mean they've been together for a while yes in, yes. in terms of the show so but to wrap it up and put a neat mm-hmm. bow on it they did a nice job with it yeah i agree yeah, yeah. um i liked when like all the totem energy is being sucked from the world like you give us like a nice pleasantville effect mm-hmm. um and like that is like it's a real physical or visual aid to what is happening instead of people just walking around going oh, i'm sad yeah um, the black and white like, with a few pops of color yeah i yeah. thought that was a, it was a cool effect and to kind of show the significance and importance of what we were of what we were seeing it was a neat visual representation of that to sort of get across that that people are, you know, as the as as Lex and Nixley use the Allstone that that it's sucking the love and the joy and the hope and the, all this stuff from from people and that that the, the visual representation of that is everyone turns to black and white it was a neat. A neat right. cinematic. Well, it's like kind of what I thought it was the Pleasantville effect yeah. because, you know, like they're in Pleasantville and colorless because of they lack a lot of those yes. things. Yes. Um, because they're bound by the rules of the television. And so That's or right. the old school television. So I and when they get, you know, they reverse those things, they become colorful. And right. I, I thought that was that that was fun, uh, real fun. My next good bit piggybacks right off of that where I loved that Orlando was the one inspiring the people and that, and that he's the one that like he's giving his big speech to, to the crowds. And like, that's when people start turning to color again um, is while he's giving his inspiring speech and he's inspiring, not just the people, but he inspires Supergirl. And that's when she's like, I know what to do is from watching Orlando. And it's this, I agree all throughout Mm -hmm. the series. You know, there have been a handful of, of major moments that she sort of, um, saved the day by giving a rousing speech and inspiring people, right? And and here in the series finale, yes, she does give one of those later on, but she gets inspired by the human giving a speech, right? Like she gets That's inspired true. by the hope being, well, actually, being engendered by a human rather than always her being the one to be the beacon of hope. Like like humanity inspires her this time, and 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 then that gives her she feeds off of that and inspires the rest of humanity. It's true, and I am going to tell you to repeat all of that in Storytime Village when we get to it. I will do that. That's absolutely uh, part of that as well. Um, I like that they killed off Lillian with a reconciliation. Um, One, I really just like that they killed her off. It didn't feel like a character that I felt like I needed to know what happened to her post the show, but I actually did, apparently, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, oh, this is good. I I, I like this. and uh, we'll talk about it more in Storytime Village, but I just thought that was a, a good, I thought that was a good move um, yeah. on the show's part. Agreed. Agreed. I thought, you know, didn't expect to see, to see Lillian again, but I, I loved seeing her. And I loved it. The little nugget of, of, uh, that she pushed Lena towards science to overcompensate for like pulling her away from her magic background. I, that was a really cool sort of ex- explanation for like why Lena was so science focused her whole life because her mother knew that that she had that her mother was a witch and and so pushed her toward nudged her towards science to sort of overcompensate and overcorrect for for 
for magic being part of her heritage. I, I, I thought that was actually a really believable uh, and neat little nugget to, to throw in mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. Um, loved um, Lex um, pulling out Metallo, Parasite, Red Tornado, and Overgirl. That was so cool. Um, that was super cool. Um, where I mean, because Nixley, Nixley pulls out the dragon and the pollution monster from earlier in the yep. season. Um, so I like that. But to see some really classic DC uh, comics villains, super family villains, mm-hmm. like all lined up in a row. Um, Who we've seen on the show. All of them. Yeah, they've all they've all been there. So Metallo was in season two um, with Superman when Superman's appearance. Mm-hmm. Parasite was some somewhere. In I think also two, two or three. three. Yeah. yeah, maybe even one. Actually, I think he maybe might actually be in maybe Red Tornado one. was definitely one. Yeah, and Red Tornado showed up again. That particular oh, yeah, design, right. which is a better design, showed up in yes. the Earth X. Um, yes, the Earth X crossover. Yes, and Overgirl um, so that, from the Earth X crossover. And Overgirl is also from that crossover. And I just thought that was a great again with full comic booky, like yes. just like yeah, like yeah, Martian Manhunter fight that dragon. Yes, and you know yeah, Alex, like tell, um, you know, tell. Uh, Parasite, you know, the parasite that you know, no touching without consent. Yes, and, you know, like that was comic books. Yes, it comic was. It, it was this this these two episodes. This finale was written like a comic, and I, I had that feeling over and over again. There were a few moments, even where I felt, and I've said this about Arrow too, where there were a few moments where I was like, "That's a little, uh, that's a little cheesy." But then I when I I, I I catch myself thinking that, and then I'm like, "Could I hear that line?" coming out of this character's mouth in a comic. Mm-hmm. Can I picture that in a panel? Yes, I can. Okay, you know what? Never mind. I take it back. Yep. It wasn't cheesy. It was mm-hmm. perfect. Um because that's what that's what I that's what these shows are based on, right? Like that is right. it comes from Jeez. you and I share a love yeah. of comic books. Like I've got, you know, I've got my shelf of comics behind me. You've got yours there in your office. Like we've got our that's what brought drew us to these um to this show and to, to this mm-hmm. universe of shows. So whenever they pay homage to the comics, whether that's through a character they make reference to or show us, or even just the way that a battle is, is, is shown or whatever, like the more comic booky it is, that makes me happy. So, um, yeah, I love seeing all those characters. Cause it was like, ah, it's happening. Like all the, the good guys are fighting the bad guys. Like it just, it was fun. It was just fun. Um, super fun. When that, when the, um, when the tower opens up, the top of the tower opens up and, yep. and, uh, for Kara to give her speech to, to the world. Like that was d- awesome to, to see that. I was like, well, since when can it do that? But I love that, that it's like opening up to like transmit the, the message to everyone again, like very comic feeling, uh, type of thing. I think it done that before I had a, the, I watched it and I was like, I feel like it's opened again this is where that going back and watching from season one sure. thing would come early in handy, sure. you know but that but it's okay too late now couldn't didn't have time to get there um eliza appearing out of nowhere with a shotgun oh. and shooting and shooting the dream owls amazing wow like, like that's that's the ally i didn't know that was coming truth i mean uh, and that was just that was fun. And her line went along with it is like, you know, you think I, in another life I was a Kryptonian only in the movies. Only in the movies. Like that mm-hmm. was that was a little self-indulgent, but I didn't even care. Like so good. Nah. I don't even care. 
it's the finale, whatever. The finale. You know, she was Supergirl in a she very was. odd, mediocre movie. Yes. Let us enjoy that. Yes, exactly. But like, yeah, the, her coming out with that gun, like, she was like, great, a, like a prospector from the 1840s, like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Like wh- that was the most like badass I, I have ever. I, I would interview Helen Slater again just so I could tell her like what a badass she was in that moment. Like that was so freaking cool. I know you talked to us six years ago and we had a great time. Like we all laughed. It was a, it was a hoot of an interview. Um, and, uh, we would like you to come back and do it again to talk about the hoot of those owls that you shot. Bam. You got it. Bam. Like a shotgun. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was delightful to have her back, but it was delightful for her to come back with a shotgun first because I was like, this is where Alex gets it from. Yeah, I totally. This is like, there's like, so there's something like really like family lineage about this moment that mm-hmm. they're actually mm-hmm. not calling attention to. And even as for Alex to deliver the like, not only in the, only movies, in the movies, but it's like, but it's not she's super girl. So great. Um, anyway. During yes. that sequence, during that fight sequence, there was a really cool, very brief, but very cool shot. And it was a good bit. Um, when um, uh, all the all the hero, all the villains are lined up, all the heroes are lined up, and just as they cut to commercial, Supergirl like leaps forward towards the camera, and like, mm-hmm. did you did you catch that? It was a super no. quick little moment, but it's like she just lunges forward like to to attack, um, and it's just like the S on her chest just comes into the camera and cuts to black to go to commercial, and it was such just such a cool shot of just like let's get them. Um, I would encourage whoever's listening, if you're going to watch again, if you're going to like watch the extended cut, like I'm going to watch out for that moment. Cause it's just a really cool, really cool shot of like, almost like a shirt rip moment. You know, she's already in costume, but just lunging forward towards the camera as the, as the S, you know, takes up the, the whole lens. It was a really neat, really neat shot. Um, I love that. That's yeah. Th- those small Actually, choices make me so happy. Yep. Uh, a small choice that, uh, I loved one, the whole, extra you know list of allies showing up and like and who helps whom at certain what points i thought was actually really fun like it's not just it's not randomized like you know james is there for kelly which is an which was an excellent moment um uh and that you know win is there for for jean which i thought was great because they have the they had a really fun dynamic when they were on the show together and then for monel to be there for supergirl with some sweet cape action cape action yep uh that was that was all lovely it was great to have them back for even such a short amount of time yeah yeah uh, uh yes it it was super super cool yes i love that he came in with the cape action uh, your speech, your big speech made the history books. Um, yeah, I love that. And I love that James like, uh, shielded Kelly, but then stepped back and was like, go get him, sis. Like he let her have the, the moment, you know, he like, yep. Swooped in to, to help, but then stepped back and was like, all right, you got this. That's uh, a excellent point. I did not read into it like a, that, a, but a that small choice, perfect. a small choice that had an outsized impact. Um, yeah. Another small choice that had an outsized impact. Have you noticed that Lena's hair has gotten like curlier and more, more like more crimped and curlier the closer she got to in, in embracing her like magic destiny? And finally, in this episode, it was just like full on crimp. Like, uh, like I have actually noticed that quite a bit, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't necessarily correlate it to the 
being better with magic, I just correlate it to be like a more witchy look. But I think you're right. It actually gets more crypt the more she uses the magic. Yeah. The more and yeah. by the time by the time she was out there in the streets like saying the spells uh to to fight with the rest of the super friends, she was full, like that was like at the highest form. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's it's been sort of gradual uh and and now she's like she's a witch. Like it's full on. Um I thought that was a cool transformation for her over time. Yeah. In the um, superhero lineup that I think you were talking about, maybe with Supergirl, when like everybody's in the line, like all the heroes that have basically have ever been, most of the heroes that have been on the show at one point, um, and everyone's getting ready to fight again, uh, when kissing his Legion ring just in the background, amazing. I didn't just... catch that the first time I watched it, but I saw that in your notes and I caught it the second time. And that was such a f- cool little. Jeremy Jordan is such a, like, he is so fun. Like, he must be so fun to work with because. Oh, he just he just gives off such a fun a fun vibe and like making little mm-hmm. choices like that is uh yeah that was funny and and cool uh, long live the legion my friend indeed I love that even the phantoms were like Nixley and like you guys suck like even <laughs> they were like, like the, at at first at first viewing when I you know didn't know what was going to happen yet it's like the heroes are lined up and then Orlando comes in with all the, the humans and like yeah count us in too and then the phantoms like turn around and I was like wait are even the phantoms gonna gonna and then they explained that it was because they were feeding off of their fear but at the at first blush it looked like even the phantoms were like yeah you guys are mean <laughs> like, yeah. we're gonna send you back to the phantoms <laughs> even we phantoms have our limits yeah, come on this is too far yeah you wanted to kill a little kid come on that's not okay Lex at least one of you wanted to kill mm-hmm, little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like the super friends getting carte blanche to reconstitute the DEO, which I think it filters into some story time village themes. Um, but uh, I just, that's a nice little wraparound as far as endings go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because like we've talked a lot this episode about the, uh, not this episode, the season about the kind of the freedom, like the structureless um, hero mm-hmm. um, and how that's actually been a huge detriment to a lot of their super heroics because they just like they keep going too far and like having to back and having to back up and going too far and having to back up. And that happened even in in 619. Yeah. Uh, and so I I like that they can do it again but change the way that they they work um and we can we can talk about that a little bit more later yeah For, but 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 i totally um totally picked up on that as well and i i yeah i loved i loved that and and yeah well we'll talk more about it but i very much appreciated that on the same level um there was a little moment uh when uh, when monel is saying goodbye and he's like mr manhunter miss danvers and and car is like sir um and it was just like a tiny tiny little probably you know partly ad-libbed um moment but it was it was it felt very natural and very like i mean obviously it's it's chris wood talking to melissa as a husband and wife uh mm-hmm. and it was something very cute about it you know their, their whole exchange was great but but that that seemingly that very natural feeling possibly partly ad-libbed moment uh where they're they're saying their goodbyes just was was very wholesome and uh and cute and and felt like a little peek into into them goofing around on set a little bit yep i i absolutely agree uh i liked 
after everybody leaves and all that, I loved Kara um, watching the news and she's like, there's a cat stuck in an old tree. And she's like, oh, yes. Um, but then but then like she's not needed and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I won't rescue the cat. But then cat calls her. It's like this like triple layer cat, of like catness. Cat, uh, um, catness cat, Everdeen. Yes. Hmm. What? No. And uh just thought that was that uh, was yes. so fun. It was so like it was very like, you know, classic Supergirl. And then it's like, oh, because she's saving a cat. And then cat calls her and it's just ah, the layers, yeah. the layers. So many layers. Uh, um, At uh at the wedding. Uh, well, at the funeral and at the wedding. Uh, Wynn has no problem jeopardizing the space-time con- continuum. Like, he has no no problems being nope, like, none whatsoever. Oh, you're bringing He's it back to Yep, just you're gonna telling have a kid. everybody everything. Yep. What, uh, like, why? What are you doing? He doesn't care. Like, but, you know, it fe- oddly, watching it a second time, it felt like a, a, a setup. Um, I doubt this was intentional. But it it made it, made it make more sense that Brainy was okay not doing the big brain stuff. Cause it's like, well, Wynn is out here telling people that, you know, their future. Um, and that's not making time collapse. So maybe Brainy can just say, screw it and not, not uh, do the big brain stuff. I don't know. Yep. I, I not doing the big brain stuff might actually kill his entire planet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so for him to be like, meh, like I choose love. Like okay, Brainy, I can like get behind you, but like, I mean, it's very romantic. You, I'll give him that. It's, are you gonna solve it? I mean, we'll talk about it in Storytime Village too. There's something to there's stuff to dissect there. Uh, listen, we got the last Danvers couch talk. Yes, that we'll ever watch. Um, and what I I really liked about it is Alex. Saying to Kara, listen, I, I would love to help you, but this is something that you're going to have to figure mm-hmm. out for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a graduation from the couch because they're usually there to help solve each other's problems and, and whatever and talk them through. And Alex is like, no, this is a you problem. Yeah. Like you yeah. are the one that has to solve this. Like an answer from anybody else is is not going to be the thing that That's solves right. it. That's right. Yeah, you have to decide um, what and, that is. And, and there still like was that. there still was that like sisterly. I don't want to say bickering because it wasn't that serious, but you know, j- jokey ribbing about the like, and you better get those floral arrangements done, otherwise you're going to see how mad I can get. You know, like those little yeah, mm-hmm. that little just familiar friendly ribbing that that we've seen yeah. from them for so, so many years. She is just super speed. Don't worry. It'll yeah, get done. yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when Brainy shows up at the wedding, uh, you know, and surprises Nia, he like he walked in like freaking Humphrey freaking Bogart in Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Like he was just oozing coolness as he was just like, hello, uh, do you have a, uh, a plus one to this event? Like and with with the deep, the deep V, you know, the unbuttoned shirt and the yep. Looking cool as hell. No, you love a good unbuttoned shirt. I know you do. I so. didn't know that that was a characteristic that I have, but I guess so. Okay. I'm not even lying. You do like a good unbuttoned I shirt. Didn't, didn't didn't realize like on TV. I like an unbuttoned shirt, or like I wear no, unbuttoned just for shirts you, for yourself. Yeah, oh, for okay. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you got so. the man for a show, it you know. 
That's right. That. You know, that's my very last Japanese car. I'm on my second glass of. I'm on my second glass of Danvers red wine. And uh, are you really I, drinking Danvers red wine? No, oh, I mean okay. it's not a real thing. I just, I just. Well, you Danvers is drink, near Danvers, so the, well, I used to. Yeah, um, yeah. The the Danvers is the Danvers sisters used to drink wine when they had their pot stickers. So I'm drinking red wine. That's true. Ah, no pot stickers in the last episode. Missed opportunity. That's okay. one out of ten. <laughs> forget everything i said it sucked that's that's how the internet works like you didn't do the one thing like, it's like it's like the weekly no planet best movie ever worst movie ever no movie in between ever, right the, no in between yeah it's the best or worst like ugh, it's gross um i liked jean's psychic message in the sky and mm-hmm. i also liked that ismay called him grandpa jean yes like that was that was double for me yes uh that was lovely good twofer a lovely little moment Wynn and John reminiscing about the the old days of DEO. Like, oh, remember when I used to be terrified of Alex? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that uh, was great. Remember when all the broken am. glass all over the floor that, all, all the, the broken time? glass, like broken glass all the, time, all the time. Everywhere broken glass. We used to joke about that. Like back in like season two or three, like it really was. It was like, wow, this is a d- dangerous place to work. Yeah. All that's always getting attacked yeah. all the time. Um, it was really great to see James and Kelly uh, interact as siblings. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was really lovely to see um, in the final in the final episode. But I love the Signal Watch. So cool, like because the Signal Watch is truly like for best friends, right? You yes. know, here's this watch. When you need me, I will be there for you and james has been absent um you know from kelly's life because you know he's not on the show anymore so he's you know he's haven't been uh, really been around um and so for him to give that to her and he's like but don't tell mom because she's gonna make me portal in for dinner well she'll make us portal in for dinner every night and i don't have time for that um like that was real fun Really, uh, that was really great. Fun. That was a really, a really a beautiful moment between the two of them. Yeah, the whole scene, you know, signal even signal watches side was just very touching. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm an older brother to a younger sister. You are too, and mm-hmm. and we're close to our sisters. And and uh, yeah, it just you know sort of gave me the feels a little bit where he's like, no, really, like you have become such a woman of grace and all. Like that was just really heartwarming and touching to, to watch that it, it was we actually noticed the second time watching it i think i'm using the right adjective here but when alex comes out her mother calls her radiant and then and james has the exact same thing to kelly yes you're, yeah yes you're i noticed the same thing it, radiant yep, and yep radiant and that is on that's on that's i think a choice right to show that they are both in the same place that's right for each other um, and it was really that was uh, a lovely. A lot of uh, those small things that that made a bigger impact. You know, a word choice like that made a bigger impact than you would expect. Yeah. Um, the the OG Super Friends reunion too. You know, getting oh, seeing yeah, at the table James yep. and Win and Kara just sitting down and having a uh, having a, a moment to to reminisce about like remember when I was Cat Grant's IT person, and then you people came along. 
Yeah, I lo- I, that whole conversation, they're like, remember that little room we used to hang out in so Miss Grant wouldn't know what we were doing? One, they call her Miss Grant even to each yes. other. They don't even say cat, which I thought was great. But they, but the car was like, the drywall, because the room wasn't done yet. Yes. So they were just hanging out in this room, and Wynn was like, that's the room I found out about the multiverse in. And they're like, us too, because that's the fl- that was the Flash, the Flash. crossover. Yes, oh, I, I will always remember that moment ice where cream ice cream yes when barry comes in and brings her ice cream yes uh i remember yeah. that that gif of her, like her expression mm-hmm. that yep. I, that's what i associate with that room i remember that room i remember the drywall you know patched holes and stuff oh yes yeah so fun uh i love that we got a a win and car duet at the wedding um did not expect it but was so thrilled with it you know i wasn't either and i i was so happy to so happy to see it um, because it was beautiful. It, it was. was it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Uh, one of one of the folks who emailed us this week. I'm sorry. I maybe I, I can't remember quite who it was. Um, uh, but someone was like, "I need th- that version on Spotify, please, of of that song, because that was fantastic." Mm-hmm. Um, and I I, I agree. Pat Benatar, we belong. Um, beautiful version. Uh, we got Cat Grant. We got Cat Grant. I saw in in the in the opening credits of of six twenty Kara. I noticed special appearance by Calissa Flockhart, and I was like, "No way, it's happening!" Oh, you know, I totally missed it, and so it was an actual surprise nice. for me, um, which I was very happy about. I don't know why it was like, normally that stuff gets ruined. For no, me. Normally, um, I don't notice that stuff, but for whatever reason, my eye just wandered into the corner and saw her name, and I was like, "Ah!" Um, and I was, I was pleased when we got one conversation between her and Kara, but then when we got two, that was even better. And I and, and during that second one, Kat is pouring herself an entire like a water glass, a drinking glass, filled with gin on the rocks. Like just just filling it, it up. Like magic. just guzzling it up. Um as she persuades Kara, you know, to casually to just turn her life upside down. Yep. Ugh, it was is magic. Everything about everything about her being on was just so Lovely and it filled me with the warmth that mm-hmm. made me really miss Cat Grant in a big way. And I'm glad that she came back even for this one thing. And one of Close Fox was like, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. On the beach. On the on the green screen. Yeah. <laughs> that looked like a beach. <laughs> yes. Um so I have to get out of the sun like yes. in a wetsuit. <laughs> um Um going back to the wedding, yeah. uh I Jean makes a joke that 90% of the wedding guests don't get and I really appreciated it. Yes. Some amazing verbal irony because he's like, I assure you I didn't read their minds. And you can see the cast laughing and the people who don't know sitting completely stoic. Like they're in the shot and they don't react at all. And I just thought that was the best. It was so amusing to me. It's like true to life. Yeah, some people truly. wouldn't get it. <laughs> truly, those people um, wouldn't get it. Yeah, and his whole speech is such just just a proud dad because Jean doesn't get emotional unless he's angry. That's yes. like all we see. So for him to smile, cry, like that is huge. We've been waiting years to like to see something as like to him to break down as emotionally as he did uh, in this episode, and that uh, was really really touching. Um, as were Kelly and um, Alex's vows. They were they were beautiful. Really, Kelly's were great. Alex's to me felt very meta for for Kyler. Um, 
you know, because she, she through the course of the show, uh, came out of the closet. Uh, and so like when she's talking about, you know, I wasn't whole, uh, until I was living a, a, like a life that wasn't me and, you know, like, or it wasn't my full self or my authentic self. And, you know, like that was like, Oh, this is, I feel like she had a hand in what is being said. Um, because this is true to her life. It also in classic Danvers style mirrors what Kara's struggle at that particular time where she's not her whole authentic self. Mm -hmm. And she, um, and, uh, and that was her struggle. So I like that that was all wrapped up in the vows. That was, that was well done. It really, it really was. The vows were beautiful and very, very, very moving. Um, and very true to, to their characters and everything that we've, you know, seen from them over the last, what, two seasons they've been together. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a, I've got only one more. So why don't you, why don't you take us through your last couple before I get to mine? Okay. So, um, uh, Jean is going to have a son with Magan to go back to your wind. Doesn't care about the space time continuum. Doesn't care. Um, he's going to have a son and that is lovely. And I think that's, I love the, the choice to make it a son. Yeah. Because that's a new experience for Jean, right? He's had real daughters, surrogate daughters, and now, and now, uh, a son. Yeah. And that yeah. is just, that is lovely. Um, uh, and we talked about, uh, James Carr in Wind Bonding. The Flying Wedding Car, good fun. Uh, I liked that. Uh, and uh, mostly I loved Game Night for one last time. One last time. Yeah. Uh, one more time. Nice. Yeah, nice. but it was. It was beautiful. And it was like, I, I love this dynamic over the course of the series where like it was it was just a core group of the friends and then it got bigger and it got bigger. And now here we are at the end of the series and it's like everyone and their spouses and their child and their girlfriends and boyfriends. And like, it's, it's just, it's grown. They're, they're a family who have grown over six years. Right. And some people have come and gone, but, but here they are, you know, having game night or having karaoke night or having like all those things that they had been doing over the years became group activity, family activities and i just i love that that it really has turned out to be a show about family in literal in the little biological sense and in the chosen family sense and mm -hmm. and and all the way to the end like consistent to the end um beautiful beautiful stuff and the, the last my last good bit is just the the music this particularly in in 620 i think had had mm -hmm. the most of it where you had we mentioned the pat benatar song we belong uh the, the duet between Kara and win but then we had the actual you know licensed recordings of sister sledge we are family at the wedding earth wind and fire let's groove at the wedding and then the final shot the final scene where Kara comes out to the world as supergirl and it's fleetwood max landslide um just like the, the, I mean, beautiful music choices and like more licensed music than we've had like ever gotten in this show in six seasons. We got, we got yep. in the last like 30 minutes of the finale. Um, it's actually the, a the song music budget. At, um, yeah, there's actually a, a song at William's funeral as well. Um, You're right. There which was. I think it's Annie Lennox, but I'm not positive. Mm. I tried looking. I tried looking it up, um, and I just like briefly, even right now, and I, I couldn't find. I, I just couldn't find what it was. Um, I should have shazammed it um, earlier, 
Um, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Andy Lennox, and like that's that's great. Um, that was uh, that was uh, a nice funeral for him. It does feel like the funeral feels weirdly tacked on, but also like important but not important mm-hmm. like all kind of wrapped at the same time because like so much was happening in that that end like i'm glad that william wasn't just like oh yeah he also died i guess like mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. then like that like there was an importance to him there are people there that he didn't even know that went to his funeral like you know like monel and win and but uh um james being at the funeral struck me like it yeah. doesn't it he had an impact though right like he had an impact mm-hmm. on those people whether he realized it or not yeah, I mean, like, for James, I mean, like, the guy died protect or trying to protect his niece. So, yes, like, that's right. you best bet that James better be there. So, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, Frank, it's time for the last time to move on to Professor Comics Corner. Uh, there's a couple There's a couple in here. One, the Super Friends has a team name. Yes. Oh, beautiful. I can't <laughs> believe that it took this long for that sound to come out. Um so the Super Friends has, has a team name. Um, is said back way in the pilot. When I was watching the pilot, Wynn says it to Kara at the end where he is like, What the Super Friends are back? Uh, and she's like, We're not. Cool. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, it says, What are they going to do? Uh, Unsubscribe? No. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, and so, uh, and Kara says, we're not calling ourselves that, which is hilarious to hilarious. me that six seasons later, like, it's everybody calls them the super friends. It's just, you know, I didn't remember it went that far back. I, I remember it going as far back as, you know, the the um, the musical crossover with The Flash where there was a song called You're My Super Friend. Um, You're my super friend. Yeah. It was a good song. My super friend. It but, was a good uh, song. I did not remember that it went as far back as the pilot. That's so fun it is fun yeah um yeah it was really fun also um we've talked about like how catco might have been like re- i was watching the catco might have been redecorated at one point and all that stuff and we're like has that pink cat always been there is literally there in the pilot no you kidding see it. yeah it's like right there and i'm wow. like maybe we really should have rewatched this show a little bit That's why are we so doing this cool. podcast we don't have great memories apparently yeah. um so, uh, but there it is. Uh, second Professor Comics Corner, Lillian wears a white suit. Um, and I th- assume that's a reference to Lex's white suit. Yeah. Um, that um, in the comics and on Smallville, Lex is sometimes known for wearing an all white suit. Uh, and I would assume that was that. That's what that was for. I think that's probably, I think that that's a safe assumption. Yeah. 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 Um, and last but not least, um, Brainy's Legion crown, where he's like, I have this crown. I can mind everybody, you know, like just to move the plot along. I can do this thing. Um, and the design is based on the uh, most recent design um, for Brainiac 5 from Ryan Sook in the Legion Superheroes book. Um, and I thought that was great because it's the three little dots and we do love Brainiac with three little dots, don't we? Sure do. Sure do. Mm-hmm. It's classic Brainiac as far as I'm concerned. It is. And that is Professor Comics Corner. I do have a why was that a decision because I just felt we had to include every 
every you segment. You include everything in here. And guess what? James's Guardian voice is still super annoying. <laughs> and even after all these years, he says one thing, and I'm like, why are you talking like that? You're talking to Kelly. Like, you're not, like, in the shadows or anything. And he was like, you get him, sis. Yeah. Like, that's not how you talk normally, James. And I don't need you to, like, talk exactly like James, but, like, the affectation you're putting on is so strange considering the situation and who you're talking to. And it was just, like, why? Why was that necessary? Just talk like a normal human. Yeah. Like, well, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an appearance by uh, The Guardian by James's it, guardian, if it wasn't for that voice. So it's just like in a lot of ways, super cemented. I was like, Oh great. James is back as guardian. Then he spoke. And I was like, James is back as guardian. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it, you know, consistent. It brought, yeah. Consistent. It brought all those feelings back. So yeah. yes. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. So cat grant is back. So, which means so is Cat Grant quote of the week. So get the hell out of here, Brainy and Lex quote of the week. <laughs> like, cross that off. I'm not even gonna bother with you. Oh, all right. Like, no, I'm just kidding. No, we should do we should do all of them because let's do you them know, all. like let's do them. Let's all. do them all. We'll the save week. Cat Grant for the end. Um, and so um, Brainy versus Lex. Let's start with Lex because I wrote those first because he said things first. Um. Lex says, I know that was a different Earth, but you did try to poison me. Yes. Uh, and I liked when he said that to Lillian. Uh, he also said, ah, the two with the good hair. This will be fun. So good. Um, <laughs> just so good. Especially because they're married in real life. Just oh, so, so great. It is wonderful. <sighs> um, and Brainy had two where he says, uh, like Cinderella, without the gender inequality through patriarchy and sexual objectification. Just, just that one was for me the brainy quote of the week, the month, or even your year. Um, wow, like that was my year. The, yes, that was so funny. I, that just had me burst out laughing. That was one of his funniest ever. Yep, it was. It was truly lovely. Uh, that, and I also just enjoyed his Sprock logic. Sprock like, logic. It was the Sprock that really got it because oh, yeah. it like. Pretty much tells you what Sprock is supposed to be. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, I did see on uh, on the Supergirl subreddit in the past week or two that um, if you if you count Sprock, um, Brainy swears more than any other character on the show by far. That's great. He says Sprock so much that if you count that as a swear. He swears like a sailor compared to everyone else on the show, which I thought was such a funny observation because it's true. It's a 31st century swear. Studies show that smart people swear more. Ah. So it makes sense that Brainy, the 12th level intellect, is the one that swears more than everybody else. Would like to point that out. Um, you know, that I have to say that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> um, now... Before we get into Cat Grant, it's Brainy versus Lex. So, but because it's the last episode, I don't. I think that we should just pick one for each person. So, I'm going to say for Lex, ah, the two with the good hair. This will be fun. All right, I'll go um, with that. Yep, I'll and agree with that. I think the Cinderella line is better. I just like the idea of Sprock logic for Brainy. Sure. So, I'll, I'll go with Sprock logic. For me, it was the Cinderella one. That one yeah, just it's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, yeah, so funny. It's beautiful because it's true. It um, is. It's true. Actually, with Lex's as well, it's beautiful because it's true. That's right. They do, have, they do have nice hair. Um, they do. And we're back with the Cat Grant quote of the week. You it know, feels good. It feels right. 
back at like prom night, I remember saying, oh, this is probably our last Cat Grant quote of the week ever because like she's not going to, you know, I can't see them shelling out to get Callista back. So this is probably the last Cat Grant quote of the week. And I have never been so happy to be so wrong, Tim. I have mm. never been so happy to be wrong. <laughs> we get one last Cat Grant quote of the week. Um, and and like Brainy and Lex, I had two and and I don't know which is best. Because there was the one where she says, it doesn't take Freud to see that you have a secret and it's obstructing your life and it's not serving you anymore. So screw it. Like I just the the straightforward, no frills, just cat grant being like, so screw it. Just you know what? You have a secret, it's not working for you, drop it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Love that. Doesn't take Freud. And then when 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 Kara's like, oh, but Miss Grant, you don't understand. She's like, hmm, you're Supergirl, la-di-da. Like, oh, she's back. She's back. How did she do it? She's ba- just slips right back into that role like nothing. Like butter. She slips back like butter. Like if butter. If there ever was any kind of butter, just, she slips mm. into it. She's amazing. Um, She is amazing. I, uh, out of those, I don't know which I liked uh which I liked the most. I think um, for, for delivery, I liked, hmm, you're Supergirl, la-di-da. I think that was, the delivery on that one was oh, perfect. Like, I felt like I was transported back to season one. Uh, yep. Uh, I am I think even just for its its state of, um, its state of in, in, um, importance, mm. I think that is, that's probably... I, I think that's probably perfect for Cat Grant and a great way to end. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I did, I did like her stuff about like, and now I have to go rescue a sea turtle from yeah. an invisible net. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked that. Um, and I also really liked her like, okay, whatever it is you're going to decide, like we have to move on because this is boring. <laughs> yes. Like, that was so great. Yeah. This yeah, is boring. Yes. Yeah, like I hate to break it to you, whatever personal problem you're going through, like yeah, okay, okay, it's just, you could yeah. do this. Let's wrap um, it up. Come on. Yep, but I I think it's your Supergirl la di da because it's the laissez faire attitude of Cat mm-hmm. mixed with the truth bomb. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Cat Grant know? Like when she, she left, yeah, yeah. When okay. she left Catco, she said like to to camera. Or like you know, once once Kara left the room, so we we have known the cat. Knows. Yeah, okay, we have known that. that. But but Kara didn't know. Didn't that know. was the like, part. That was the part I didn't remember because I'm like, I I knew that cat knew, and yes. I couldn't remember why. Cat so. said it like for us, like like not breaking the fourth wall, obviously, but like said it to an empty she room. Said it to after. herself, yes. and so we would hear it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 so we've known that she knows, and that was I think maybe on one of her last one of her last appearances. Um, I think so. That we got that. Maybe not when she was working for the White House, but but um but maybe prior to that. And um, probably when she left Catco. Probably when she left Catco. I, I think that that that's that's what I'm picturing in my in my mind's eye. Um so she's known for all this time. Um but uh I love that she, you know, finally told Kara and well, we'll get into it in uh, what comes next, which is the storytime village. I thought you had music. I was like waiting for the music because you had sounds for everything else. So I'm just like, maybe there's something, maybe there's music. The Storytime Village. (laughs) 
I don't know. That's no, that's fine. I mean, the, I mean the the alarm sound. I mean, Storytimeville is about to get like a nuke dropped on it or something. Like with that sound, everyone get to your fallout shelter. But turns out Storytime Village is just that abandoned uh, is a, that abandoned um, um, village in the the bin town in the middle of the desert um, where they do the nuclear testing. <laughs> uh, turns amazing. Out. Listen, Fair not right. everyone laughed at John's jokes, and not every segment has a sound effect. So, all right, that's fine. I mean, that's what, I mean. You just led me to some unrealistic expectations. I don't even know what is happening anymore. Applause! You're just getting a standing Applause. ovation. Uh, well, thanks. I know, I know. A couple years late, but it's fine. Um, let's talk about the abuse and limits of power from within and without. Um, with Ismay's love totem. It's losing pedals. We've talked about this already, but and Lex kind of takes it upon himself to um, get the love totem, and but she re- and Nixley misreads that that situation, um, even though she's actually right about Lex, and so she's like, "You're an ab-, she basically says like you're an abuser, and I know it." And he's like, I "Actually, like, I mean, in a, yes." Uh, like I am. <laughs> in a strict like, sense, in his yes. mind, he's like in the strict sense, yes. But like in this case, I would actually doing it out of like this like noble cause of love even if it's all twisted and weird and gross like and so like their own demise is because of lack of communication uh more than any really more mm-hmm. than anything else it's um, true it's true and it is that it's that interesting phenomenon of like nixley's not <sighs> technically right about this situation but she is right about her sense about him right like no no you're right he is an abuser you're correct about that that's not what's happening here but you're right in the broad stroke in the bigger picture that he is and and i love that it is the conversation with his mother that that wakes her up to that like his Mm -hmm. mother comes to her and says he's a sociopath he is using you he he's a great liar like just lays it out for her and then the next encounter she has with him she's like oh everything lillian told me was correct yep yep well actually it was great that's a great segue into lillian herself who is you know again once again trying to control uh lex's and lena's life eh, more lex than lena in this case uh and so um, it's like she gives him this ultimatum. It's like the Luthers or Nixley, and Lex is like, "I choose Nix. I choose Nixley." That was a like, cool. That was a well written scene too. Where she's like, "It You're was right. very that that it yeah. is an easy choice, Mother. I choose yeah. Nixley." Yeah, which I mean, I'll put it out there. We were wrong. We really thought some shenanigan with the love totem and all this yep. stuff, and. Turns out he actually really did love her in a weird, twisted way. And I think that goes back to, like, them, they kept saying, like, oh, Nixley's the worst we've ever faced. And you're still like, but is she? Because I really haven't seen that be the worst. And and in the same same vein as I've said on this show that I didn't really feel like she was the worst villain we've seen, in a similar way, I don't know that i see what would enchant lex luther about her uh, i i felt like i was told and not shown as oh, much, absolutely. you know it's it's all told and not shown so so in in the within the if she were the most threatening villain we'd ever seen i would then you know if, if i believed that if i bought that i would buy 
I would be more willing to buy Lex falling for her. But because I didn't buy the first premise, the second one was hard to to, to buy too. And that's why I was trying this whole last stretch of episodes. I was trying to rationalize, okay, but what is Lex really up to? Even into this final episode, I was like, when is it going to turn out that he was just using her to, 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 because he knew she would react this way to Esme or whatever. Like, like what mastermind thing is he doing? And it turned out I was totally wrong. We were both wrong about his, he said to his mother, like, no, I choose Esme. I choose Esme. I choose next Nixley. (laughs) Um, so it was, it was sincere. It was always meant to be sincere. And I think because I didn't see Nixley as the threat she was made out to be, that's why I didn't sort of see what Lex would see in her. Yep, I'm and I am in complete agreement with you. And even Lillian goes as far as like, oh, I can see what my son likes in you. And I'm like, I'm glad you can. Because, I mean, when she's like, you're quite like, beautiful ob- and all that. Yeah, like, objectively, like, yeah. Peter she Sargent is, is gorgeous she, and, and she's yep. a badass and she's smart and cool. And like, it's, it's, none of that is, is what I take. I don't take issue with any of that. Like, objectively. It's just that I don't, I, I, honestly think rain was a bigger threat like when we see the mm-hmm. that fight scene at, at like christmas uh, was it yeah like like the holiday party in an office yep. where they're like going through an office building and stuff like that was way more threatening menacing to me to my eye than than a lot of what we saw with with nixley but that's not a knock on peter sergeant at all no and actually even to go back to what lillian is saying she says like she's an alien like you hate aliens right like and and I'm like technically she's an imp, but she, she's yeah, yeah. alien to this dimension. True, true. If you've used the alien in that sense, uh, and and Alex is just like, yeah, well, he, he's kind of literally hand wavy about it. Yeah, and I, that just didn't that didn't ring true for me. And truly, I don't have a problem with Lex Luthor as like a sexual being or be, no. even being in love or like having a partner or anything like that. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Um, it is possible for him to do that. I just, I, all these episodes all the way through the end. And I just never believed that Nixley was that person because it was a lot of tell, not show, mm-hmm. especially for their relationship. Like you did see Nixley do stuff, but, but it was always like, Oh, in the future, you're this. And in the future, you're that. I'm like, well, I never saw that. Right. And so. And- John Cryer even said that in a, in an interview that I think you sent me. Um, I do believe so. Where where he talks about you know um, how like well a lot of it was like stuff that happens in the future, so that's what I based my performance off of, and like the character motivations off of was like stuff that the audience hasn't seen yet, um, which makes sense. But I just yeah I, you know I agree with you that I don't I don't take issue with Lex being a sexual being. I do. I, I I do find it hard to swallow that Lex Luthor is capable of love because mm. I actually don't believe he is capable of maybe he thinks he is, but I don't think he is yeah. actually capable of love well, as you and I know it. That's kind of what Nixley says to him, she too. Does. She like, does. you know, like, you know, like you think that this is what you're doing or whatever. But, you know, you've always actually just wanted this for yourself. So, like, he might think what he's doing is love and he wants or they want the audience to think that he thinks mm. that. But um, but even but his idea doesn't. of love is a twisted 
self-serving uh idea of love like she calls Mm -hmm. him a foul little man like her father and says that she pities him and no one will ever love him like harsh harsh truth and i think that is the truth that like he is a twisted evil little man who no one will ever love um Mm -hmm. but but but, uh, so so that's why i've that's why this whole time i've been sort of like but what's really happening because he's not capable of love that's table stakes so what's really happening um but any anyhow that, that 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 was why i was sort of hung up on that but i this episode i realized okay that's not what's happening that truly I, I believed for the first time. Okay, I guess he does think he's in love. Mm-hmm. But and too late now. Oh well. Um, so Lillian confronts Nixley. You know he's using you. Talked about this, and so let's move on to Lillian and Lena, where mm. she's like, "Yeah, I knew you were a witch. I knew your heritage, and I and your father was so happy, and I hated that. Like so." Yeah. Um, so she's like, so I put talismans around the house, dampen your powers. And it's literally like, I turned you into a Luther instead of like allowing you to be your true authentic self. I turned you into this. And this is her, this is her Constantine moment, Mm. right? Not, not the, not the, um, uh, emperor, demon magician emperor, but the, yeah, the, uh, hunter, the, um, the emperor of Rome, right? Like the deathbed presto change. like, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Uh, and you live the, your life the way you want to live it. She like, and gives yeah. her the push that she needs to go and, and fulfill her destiny. Yeah. Which is great because, I think if Lillian had just died from the blast, then that might have messed with Lena mm. because there wouldn't have been a chance to say there wouldn't have been this chance to say goodbye. Um, and even if I mean, being close to death kind of shows you who you are. There's like these things that like reveal the truth about you that are not just truth seekers. And I think being on your deathbed and knowing you're going to die, like you're confronted with all of the things that you've done in your life. And this is, she, she didn't say, she's like, I'm sorry. I murdered all of those people, or I'm sorry. I committed this kind of espionage, or I'm sorry. I did this or this, this, she's particularly sorry for this one thing in the way that she treated Lena. And that is, that's really important. Um, and, and Lena calls that a gift. She's like, I never got to say goodbye to my biological mom, but I got to have closure with Lillian. And that's a gift. Like she says that to the super friends before when she's like, yeah, she's gone. And, and that's, you know, that's a, a, that is a gift for, for, for Lena. She got to have this closure, this goodbye with her adopted mom who she had a terrible relationship with. But at the end, that's the person that gave her the push she needed to, to embrace her distant destiny. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it, it really was a gift in the, in the most real way. Yeah. Um, to go back to um, Nixley and Lex, mm. what I thought was kind of interesting is that the, the episode 19 felt like it was setting up a bit of foreshadowing about repentance for Nixley because she was she told the story to Ismay, uh, you know, and it was terrible and, mm-hmm. and this and it, it like it was, um, you know, my father was bad to me and all this stuff. And it felt like she was moving because she didn't want to hurt. Um, Ismay. Mm-hmm. And so it felt like she was moving towards this path of kind of um, 
uh, a, a, some sort of redemption sure. for herself, um, if not completely switching sides. But then she just ends up right back where she started in the Phantom Zone. Like, okay, problem solved. Yeah. Which is harsh, yeah. I think, in, in a lot of ways. But um, it just... There was no payoff, I think, for her going into the zone for what had been said and worked on through an entire season with her character, um, just to circle right back to where she started. Like nothing, none of it ever happened. Yeah, I, I, I'll I'll agree with you on that. Um, it it did seem like it, at, at many points, it seemed like she was capable of being turned to the light side, if you will. Um. And, and and in particular, when she's like, you know, when she's very firm with Lex about like, if you say you, if you know me as well as you say you do, then you know that I would not let an, an innocent child be caught in the crossfire of this mm-hmm. fight because like she is a child and she is innocent and like, we're not going to harm a hair on her head. But, um, and, 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 and making the unilateral decision of, you know what, enough, we're pulling the plug on this. I'm taking you back to your family. Like she, she she made that decision. Lex was like, I don't, I don't care. I'll kill the kid if I have to. But, but, uh, Nixley was the one who was very firm about that. That like this child will not be harmed. Like, yes, the totem is in her. So like, we'll, we'll gently get it out of her if we need to, but we will not harm her. Um, and so there was that hope of redemption. Um, and she does ultimately end up back in the phantom zone where she started, where she was so, determined never to go back in fact did you notice her hesitation when like lex opens up the portal to the phantom zone she's like lex what are what are you doing what's Mm -hmm. that that's terrifying to me because that puts me like 10 feet away from going back to where i started from and i don't want to go back there and she does Mm -hmm. um it, it um i i had hoped to see some redemption for her maybe her turning against Lex at the last minute and and helping the super friends to to put him down in some way but that's that's not what what happened and that's that wasn't her destiny I guess hmm. yeah I guess when you think of it in terms of destiny I guess and I, I do like a closed cyclical nature to mm-hmm. their to her story um, but actually before we even talk about that so they like they have Two of the thir- two of the three parts of the Allstone ones, everything get you know, everything is combined and they are kind of um robbing people of their own empowerment, right? And everything like that. And you know, their their hope and their um courage and love humanity and all this stuff. and yeah. Humanity. And I just thought this is actually pretty close to the anti-life equation. It's true. As far as comic books go in relation to like, where have I seen this, something like this before? And that's kind of what, it, what we're looking at. And so I, um, I enjoyed that. Maybe not a, uh, conscious connection, but certainly a subconscious one. Yeah. It was a, it was a very cool idea. And that, um, you know, the way that they, you talked about the way that they visualized it um, with the Pleasantville effect. And it, it struck me that that is kind of emblematic uh, and symbolic of real life um, pa- 
power struggles and and that if if people are you know when when people are if if left unchecked uh the powerful will just amass more power or more wealth or whatever it is um and 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 take it away from from everyone else and it was uh, it felt like a little bit like this show does it felt a little bit allegorical about about real life situations mhm yep absolutely um let's move on to Kara and her power so there's a lot of Kara in her power uh here so she like supercharge there's like a plan to supercharge her with the sun but that like really diminishes the sun's power and could like really devastate the whole planet and she's like let's do it um I'll fix so it in, I'll fix it like what like this is like this is the same exact problem that you keep having like every episode like all the time um and so Lena is like, you can't do this. You'll be playing God. Like, remember what happened with Nona Cherry? You remember that thing? Like, didn't work out so well. Like, I love you know. that that came from Lena. I love that mm-hmm. Lena is the one, the first one to be like, this is bad. You got to think about this. I love that she's the one that stepped in and was like, think about the ramifications of what you're doing here. Like, this affects the whole, that was the planet, the solar system. Like, this is not just a thing you can snap your fingers and fix. Right. And and actually, so at the wedding, when Kara and Lena are chatting with one another about a bunch of stuff, and Kara's compliment to Lena is like, you are my most challenging friend, and that, like, you challenge me the most, um, yep. and that makes, you know, and that makes me better, um, to, and that, it, this is, a, this is a perfect example of that, yes. like, nobody's really challenging her, Jean's like, I'll be right behind you. Um, yeah, and, I was surprised and, at him for, for not pushing on her more, but, but Lena was the one to step forward and say that. Yeah, um, and I I was down for that. Um, so, but she has she ends up having a change of heart, right? You know, so like she's not going to get supercharged um, because she sees that she's scaring people, she's hurting people, and she says that we're defined by our choices, and this is the wrong one. Um, I want to say the supercharging thing is actually Professor Comics Corner. Uh, it might be a reference to All Star Superman. Um, I didn't have the time to look it up before this um, episode, but there is something about being supercharged by the sun and thinking faster and all this different stuff. And I, I can't remember exactly what it is. I know the thinking faster thing is also um, from a Flash comic in which Flash like speeds up his brain sure. um, to think faster than everybody, but it, it, like, it causes overloads and can cause stroke or something like that. And so like he doesn't, um, he does, certainly doesn't do it all the time. Whether it's a a reference to a specific, you know, instance or not, the idea that more yellow sun energy would, would, you know, power her up across the board in terms of her, you know, hearing, strength, flight, all that stuff, but also her smarts, like it it, it, it tracks, right? Like just on a a purely Mm -hmm. logic level. And I know, I know, Sprock logic, but still on a purely logic level, it makes sense that that would, that's how that would work. Mm-hmm. absolutely i also want to backtrack just for one second when she says we're defined by our choices and this is the wrong one i love love and i feel like oh, oh, like particularly supergirl can can get away with this so to speak where at the literal last second like like brainy is counting down from four minutes and he's like all right 20 seconds six seconds five four three two one at the literal last second she's like pull the plug this is the wrong call. Mm. And she doesn't have hubris. She doesn't, she's not too proud to say, you know what? We made the wrong call. This is going to hurt more. Pe-. Like, she, she, 
she's not like, oh, no, 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 we're in too deep. We got to go through with it. She's not too proud to say, I made the wrong decision. Call it off. This is going to hurt more people than it helps. And it, and it's it's not worth it. I love that about her. Because you know, that's a great point, and that's that's courage, courage. to be able that to be able to do that, and, and humility to and not humility. say like I made this mm-hmm. call and I'm going to double down on it, but to say like I made this call and I was wrong and pull the plug. Yep, uh, and I think that's partly the reason that the Phantoms end up going for Nixley and uh, only Nixley and Lex because. She has that ability to be humble and to to recognize her faults, um, almost to a fault uh, in some way, where she she um, she recognizes them, and that um, that makes her brave, not scared. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. as a, like um, not in the way that the phantoms feed off of anyway. Right. So I just I agree. I really I really like that. She right has there. the courage of her convictions. Like when she believes something, she follows through on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kara um, decides uh, based on what you said earlier that Orlando is giving the speech in which he says your power is yours and no one can take that from you that is Kara going okay we, we've been thinking about this the wrong way we've been here just protecting people or like you know retroactively helping people but instead we have to be out there in front partnering and empowering people um, to be for them and their and be their own heroes in their own lives, and so the citizens end up standing up for themselves, which is mm-hmm. very empowering. And I, I like that a lot because it actually ties back in a lot of ways to the pilot and her like her search for meaning in her life, and it becomes about helping people, about protecting people, but it's about her doing the work she has like her aspirations are not about inspiring people as supergirl it's just about helping them the inspiration comes from the journal the journalism um right and she doesn't really combine those together in the pilot and then we kind of see that progression by the time that we get to the end of this episode mm. uh and i like that a lot um, so just with the, using your power for good, just to, to kind of wrap this up. A lot of foundations out there, um, starting starting in the name of you know all of these um, all of these wonderful people finding themselves. So there's the Lena Luther um, Foundation. There's the new DEO. There's a, the Dreamer a Center for LGBTQ plus, um, and then there's the William Day Award and Journalism School, which is huge. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Um, like foundations for everybody. You get one a foundation, and you get one, and you don't have water in your foundation, and you get one, and you and you and you. <laughs> I know. I lo- I love it. I love that 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 the that Andrea f- did the award and a journalism school, up, up, apparently for Spanish language journalism because she she gave the speech in Spanish and the name of the school for named in Williams' honor is in Spanish. So. I love that she's bringing her her Hispanic heritage. I just I thought mm-hmm. that was a cool touch. I actually didn't catch that at all, so I'm I'm happy go. to see that. That's great. All right, let's dive into our next theme: overcoming fear, grief, pain, and anger, which is the hot topic theme of mm. the whole season. I think, which probably, if we go back and look at all the other seasons, probably the theme that runs through the entire course sure. of the show. Um, because we saw we see a lot of wrap up here with all these different characters, and so let's start 
right at the top with Alex's. That's where we really are in 619. Alex's complete and total anger with Lex because of Ismay. She feels powerless, but it's Kelly to the rescue again. Love some Kelly. Uh, and uh, Esme is the totem because of the love they have for her. And Alex and Kelly's wedding is the culmination of all of their healings. And it is just lovely, is it not? Beautiful. Um, I, I love it, Kelly reminding Alex of that, of like the reason she's the totem is because of the love we have for her. Um, yep. I love yeah. that as a reminder. And I loved Alex referring to powerlessness as her kryptonite because that has been consistent for her as a character over the last six seasons. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, even go back to like she didn't want Kara to reveal herself because she was afraid that she couldn't help her when the time came. If if it came to that, that's a feeling that's powerlessness. Mm -hmm. um, what I also really liked is that Kelly in her vows speaks about her own moment of powerlessness. Like, you know, she's like, I'd love to say that I, like, I always knew that it was you, but truthfully it was fairly recently when you like, when I came home distraught and in shambles and you were there for me and you didn't try to fix me. You didn't try to solve the problem. You didn't do anything. You were just there for me to, you know, like make her feel, you know, important and yeah. more in control of her life without really doing anything. And so they they do that for each other. And so through the course of their character arcs from whenever they started on the show, you have the culmination of their arc complete within their wedding. This is all the stuff that both of these characters have been leading up to. It is Kelly's been there working to help other people and kind of always forgoing herself um, if for the sake of others, um, as as many of them do on the show. Um, and though, but it was Alex that was there to be there for her. Yes. Uh, and and then for Alex, it's Kelly that is there to to be her her safety net, her rescue to make her not feel empty and alone and her whole self. And then with Ismay, it's like the completion of Alex's desire to be a mother. Um, something people were like that came out of nowhere, but you know what? It's stuck and it's, it's still here. It's been around so, since season two or three, two since season two, since season two, you know, when, when Maggie was around like that, it was, it was something that Alex has ached for, yearned for, for mm -hmm. years, um, for five yeah. years. And, and she finally gets her happy ending. And 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 Kara even says that right when she's talking to Kat, she's like, you know, my sister is is so confident in who she is and 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 what she stands for, because she finally has what she has yearned for for so many years. So the, yeah, mm -hmm. the two of them, uh, Alex and Kelly, are just such a perfect pair. Um, they they really really are. They they really are, and they that I love that Kelly brought that up of. You know, I, I came home and you were just didn't try to make it make it better. Didn't try to fix the situation. You were just there for me. You know, we're in adult adult relationships. That's the fact of the matter. Sometimes you can't fix it for the other person. But yeah, you as can, much as you want to. Yeah, you want you want to take the pain away. Mm -hmm. Right. We're both married. You want, we all have bad days. Our spouses have bad days. You want to take the pain away from them if you can, but you can't always. Um, nope. And sometimes all Most you can you do really is just 
sit there and listen and just sit there and support them and love them. Um, and, and, you know, you can't make it okay, but you can help them through the tough time until things are better. Absolutely. Um, Andrea, uh, is coping with her own stuff, right? You know, where she's, she's been a monster pretty much this entire season. We've, we've pretty uh, much said it. Yeah, and William flat out told her, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and you know all this stuff, and then so she shows up at the tower. Oh, I was too late to help, um, you know, and uh, Lena coming to the rescue twice in this uh, in this show, uh, in these episodes, using her own experience to help her move forward. Um, where she said, "You can move forward, never back. Like you, you have to keep going." Yeah. You weren't great. We can we could put that out there for all of us to know sure. right now. You were not fabulous, but you can be. So start now. Um, and that's true reconciliation, I think, to recognize your crappiness mm. and to be like, all right, I'm going to do better now. Like, it's not like... Um, Oh, I missed. I said I was going to start a diet on Monday, but I forgot and I had a hamburger. So I guess I'll just start next Monday. Sure. You don't have to go the whole week. Just start with the next meal. Like, you know, you don't have to like, so you screwed up. So get back on your horse and try and try again. That's right. Um, and uh, a phrase that I, I, I've heard and that has stuck with me is the best time to plant a tree, you know, is 100 years ago. The second best time to plant that tree is today. Like, mm. sure, okay, you could have done it back then. You didn't, so start now. Yep, that's that's really nice. And mostly because I wasn't alive a hundred years ago. Um, so if you're a literal person, that's a tough saying. It's it's that's true. All I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Let's save car. I know car is in our notes right here, um, but I'm going to save car to the end because you know it Agreed. is Supergirl. It is her show. Um, Nia and Brainy, let's combine them together. Uh, they also culminate uh, getting over their, you know, their grief, their pain, their anger, all this stuff. So Nia is afraid of what she'll dream. Brainy goes with her for support. Um, and that is pretty classic them, if I do say mm -hmm. so myself. But what is mostly important, what is something that they have not said to one another up until this point is I love you. Yeah. Um, which is huge, mostly for Brainy. Because Brainy is pure logic. He is a being of absolute logic. And love is the antithesis to logic m most of the time. Sprock especially logic. Sprock exactly. logic, Tim. Yeah, especially television love. Like, I, like, I don't you know, you know, peel back the curtain of, like, love and romance in the real world. But we, we know that love is a, is an ongoing choice just as much as it is a feeling. Are you implying that television love is not real love? Um, no, I'm not. I'm just saying it, Frank. I'm not even <laughs> implying it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. It is not the same thing at all. Um, and but. I did love that it for um, Brainy, it actually is in some ways kind of real because he is such a a being of logic. His love, his his understanding of his feelings comes from a logical place. 
um, instead of just coming from up like a uh, a being of pure feeling and only feeling. Uh, and so that way, it's actually quite real for him because he doesn't love everything. He loves Nia, mm-hmm. and that's and that's it. Um, and so when he comes back for her uh, in his Humphrey Bogart style, a style as you say. <laughs> Um, and he's like, Sprock logic, oh, well, if I destroy the space-time continuum. And he's like, you know, the funny thing about history is, or the uh, future is that, you know, it hasn't been written yet. Which I'm like, Brainy, strictly speaking, that's not true because you're from the future. But those in the future also recognize how their future constantly is changing and adapting. Because, like, when Monel comes back um, and and he's like, oh, your speech made the history books. She hasn't made that speech in the future yet, right? So there's like the vagueness of of Supergirl that inspires the Legion, but as she does more things, that 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 vagueness is becomes more solidified, mm. changes the world. Um, and so, um, I don't know if it's going to break the space time continuum necessarily, mm. but he probably did damn all of you know the Kaluans. Yeah, I think Kalu is. Is probably not in great shape because he, he, he made that. I mean, you know, last episode or 618, I guess, um, that was made pretty clear that like he needs to join the big brain or else Kolu is, is toast. And so I guess, I guess Kolu is toast. Yeah. I guess. Unless, well, here's the thing the show ends. Like, obviously, the show, you know, the show is over. We know there's no more adventure with these characters in this form. But that doesn't mean their story actually concludes. Sure. And that's, you know, their chapter concludes right now. But the day after the wedding, they could very easily be like, all right, I have to solve this problem. Sure. So, like, and that could be what happens. So even though we... We, it's kind of like the end of Return of the Jedi where they like kill the Emperor and they all have a party and they're like, all right, there's still tons of work yeah. left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To exactly. Do. Exactly. Like, you know, but we just don't, we are not privy to that information at that time um, because the story is over. It's just assumed. What it's over. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really have a problem with that unresolved thread because that's something that they, could and will solve because comic books. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's not what this story was about. This is about Kara's journey. Correct. Right. So like, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and particularly like, it's really about the characters that have been with the show the longest. Mm-hmm. Like if you notice that the, like um, it's Kara and Alex and Lena, the longest remaining cast members on the show and, and John and John yes. and John, um, they're the ones that kind of have a more resolved end to their story yes. because there's a little more thought given to them because they've been on the show the longest. So they have the most growth in, in uh, they have the most character growth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm fine with all of that. Actually, I saw that um, Nicole Maines actually put out on Instagram where she's, it's a comic book script page. Where and it says like page one interior, you know, like a dreamer wakes up or something like that. And you're like, okay, so even right there, are, are you writing in continuity? Are you mm. writing in the Arrowverse? Like, will the story continue in some way? Like, uh, that's all, um, that's all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about this a bit already, but to go back to Lex and Nixley, 
Lex has misunderstood because he actually loved Nixley and now he's going to prove everyone right by his abusive and violent behavior. Mm-hmm. So he's like getting over his grief, like of her not loving him by acting violent and abusive, like a true sociopath. And the um, question that comes to my mind is if that's how he reacts to her, then did he ever truly love her? Like truly? No, he love did her? not. Like that's no. my argument. Yeah. That's what I would argue. Is that's, that like yeah? If if this if is your how, reaction is, well, I'm going to hurt you now. Right. That's not love. I'm going to hurt you now. I'm going to go uh, around your wishes. You know, by like okay. Uh, at this point, I need to, I I know better than you, and I'm going to protect you by by going after the kid even though you told me not to like that's not truly love in the sense that i know it as a person who is in love with his spouse Mm -hmm. like that is not part of loving a person is trusting them and 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 valuing the fact that they trust you in return and and so violating that trust in a very meaningful way betrays a maybe that this wasn't really love to begin with mm-hmm. but maybe he thinks it is it's the closest to love he's ever felt, it's, maybe. It's as close as he's ever going to get. And mm-hmm. so you can, he wants to know what love is. And mm-hmm. I I think that um, wanting to know, because his brain is incapable of the real thing, um, I think it is actually love in in its own twisted way hmm. but anyway that we're we're going to get trapped in a philosophical in a philosophical debate here um so um lex and nixley are trapped in the phantom zone because the phantoms prey on fear and as as um brainy says no greater cover for fear than hubris hmm. um it's not truthfully it's not exactly how i thought they would dispatch with lex and nixley um i kind of like it i actually like it for lex um, because being trapped in the Phantom Zone is harsh, and he and that is a place that, I mean, he made prison his like, his like everything. Obviously, prison is not a great place to hold on to Lex Luthor because he owned that place. Sure, right. That was it. Was every like, yeah, he's trapped behind quote unquote trapped behind bars. You know, when he needed to be or um wanted to be, but. It wasn't really a prison in the same sense that um, it would be for anybody normal. Mm-hmm. And so the Phantom Zone, like, of, there's the always the possibility of, I'll see you again one day. Because, like, a truth, I would love to see John Cryer on Superman and Lois. I truly hope we will. I really hope we will. Um, yeah. There are some story concerns that I have because he knows that Kara is Supergirl. Well, the whole world does now. Well, now the whole world does, but he already knew before the whole world did. And he knows that Supergirl is Superman's cousin. So it's not a long logical leap to figure out that Kara and Clark are cousins. Like it's, it's not, it's it's not a lot of leaps for someone as intelligent as him to figure out who, 
Clark slash Superman's real identity. And now the whole world knows. So even, even more so, but, um, I really have wanted to see him on Superman and Lois since the beginning. And I hope, I really hope that happens. Yeah. There, there are, I mean, I don't want to get down the Superman rabbit hole too far, but different show. It's, it's different. You're right. Cause it's a different show and this is the finale of this show. Yep. But, um, I don't know if Lex knowing the identities of the super family actually truly matters in the scheme of like, you know, like, is that, how does that change his outlook towards these characters or so he can show up at their farmhouse, you know, instead of, you know, drawing them out with a missile or something like that. But whatever, that's fine. Yeah. That's a storytelling possibility. But, you know, like whether it's it's Kara or Supergirl or they're the same person or if it's Clark and Superman or they're the same person, it's all still a super and it's all still an alien to Lex. And yeah. so I don't think it actually matters if he knows who they are or not. And as far as storytelling possibility goes, you, you just go into the realms of the, the depths of evil that he could get to because it, you not don't just endanger the man with an S on the chest, but you endanger the family. That's right. Um, yeah. And that is, um, that's good storytelling. Putting him in the phantom zone feels like I, I, I with any sci-fi or comic book or fantasy property if if there's no body if there's no dead body then there is a possibility this character will return and if he mm. went into the phantom zone that was felt like a choice to to make him available if they want to for superman and lois or for the flash or for whatever like for you know for he, whatever for whatever yeah. so the fact that he is not dead um, and he has been dead and come back already. But the fact mm -hmm. that he is in the Phantom Zone means that they can pull him out if they want to. So it gives me yep. hope that he, that John Cryer might make another return appearance as Lex at some point. You know, and he mentioned this themselves, but he said himself in an interview, but he was like, he was like, obviously, he's like, I'd love to return. But I mean, like for any of these shows, because they're all within the realm of the multiverse. So he's like, you know, Titan, Stargirl. Whatever. Like, obviously, he likes playing the character. He's good at it. People yeah. respond to it. Um, and, I mean, actually, Connor Kent is a main player on Titans. And they speak a lot about his side of, like, his DNA of being part Lex Luthor and part Superman. Like, that's just not a mystery on the show. He knows it, and it's something he copes with. Um would love to see Lex Luthor on that show and get, you know, and, you know, bring out that side of him. Um, and so it would be cool to see the same actor play the same part in a different part of the multiverse. Cause normally you're used to different actors playing um, different parts. Like you have John Wesley ship playing the flash from the nineties, but he also plays Jake Eric. Um, yes. And so those are two, you know, that's just kind of as like him playing, uh, Jake Eric on The Flash, but he also plays him on Stargirl. And, like, that's nice to see, like, you're the same person yes. playing the same character, but on a different Earth. Like, that's, like, really fun. I like that a lot. Um, so I'd love to see that again. But uh, anyway, um, and then as far, as far as Nixley getting trapped in there, and, like, she... I she, I think she gets the bum rap out of the whole season because, like, here she is, like, working through all her stuff, 
her abuse and her like her need for redemption and revenge and all this stuff and she just like gets thrown right back where she started she doesn't succeed in anything she's like she never she never gains a foothold past a few steps and then she's just trapped all over again like that's nothing nothing it's like they didn't know what to do with her so they're like, yeah just put her back in the phantom zone I, I I felt I, I did get that feeling too of like they weren't sure what to do with her so let's let's put her back, um, and it's it's yeah that that didn't feel great to to, to think that, um, especially after the whole season like anytime the Phantom Zone came up in conversation she was like traumatized by it and like didn't want to go back, um, and she ended up back there. Um, so I, I, I feel that I, I, I agree with that. Um, at the same time, a lot of what she was doing and trying to do were it any other villain would warrant going back into the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can get behind that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I think it's just because the story it, it the story was crafted in a way that it appeared they were moving towards redemption mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. just kind of threw that away at the last second because like oh we got to wrap up the story so boom i got Phantom the same zone. feeling but kind of like the other characters it's not about her the show's not that's not the focus of the show yeah so like i guess it's okay it just it's just kind of a weak end to a weak villain that was supposed to be the worst that they've ever faced. Um, yeah. So it just kind of it fizzled. Her end fizzled in a way that I'd almost ex- like I should have expected. I guess. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, yeah. Again, as we've said over and over again, not to beat a dead horse, but Peter Sargent was fantastic in her performance. I just feel that we were told and not shown that Nixley was the most diabolical villain they had faced. And I I just didn't believe it. And it's not because of her performance is because of what we were told. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there were villains who were more menacing, more challenging than than Nixley. Um and so at the end of the day, how, you need to wrap it up. You need to wrap up the, the, her 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 story and putting her back in the Phantom Zone is a perfectly rational, logical place to to put her back, especially after what she tried to do um and and what the outcome of her plan would have been if she had succeeded putting her back in the phantom zone makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I, that actually makes me feel a little better actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good. That's a good logic. Uh, let's talk about Lena though, before mm-hmm. we, before we get back to Kara, um, Lex being taken into the zone for fear slash hubris and not Lena is a huge win for her. Because Lena falls into the Luther trap of hubris and fear and whatever else all the time. Mm-hmm. So it like very directly 
says to her, she is free of her Lutherness because she even says like under her breath, <laughs> hubris, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so like she knows she's free of it. Um, except for the, you know, the, the wearing the purple, um, the, you know, you'll never, never break that cycle. Uh, and I just really like that, uh, you know, as for a character moment for her, but like between the reconciliation with Lillian and her like coming into her own with her witchcraft and then for her not to be taken into the, the zone because of, um, be, you know, because she's actually free of the things that like that family has done to her. Like she's her, her best self and being her best self. Like you can't even see it on her person by the end of the show. She it looks like the weight of the world has been lifted off her shoulders. Totally. It's, it's, Good character acting. At the the wedding, she is like the happiest you've ever seen her. She, she is, you know, the, the idea of overcoming the Luther hubris, like, you know, what with Nun No Cherry last season where she was like, oh, I can fix humanity. Um, and, and she learned her lesson from that mistake and was the first to tell like lit the very first person to tell Kara, like, no, you can't mess with the sun that's playing God. And like, it's not just, it's going to take six months for the sun, for the sun to recover. Like that's a huge, huge, thing to take on and to think oh i can just fix it she was the first one to step forward and say that that shows a that shows her like shedding of her hubris to be like she literally said like look i made a mistake with none the cherry don't make the same mistake i did um and she learned from her mistake and when lex makes that same mistake of falling into hubris she's the first one to be like huh hubris mm. Um, I was thinking about we've um her witchcraft. We've mm. talked about how mm-hmm. it feels like tacked on, out of place. Like it just doesn't like I don't know what the reasons for it. And then I started to think. So if this whole thing is about Lena escaping her Lutherness, which is really what Lena's story has always been about since sure. her introduction. It's L Corp. It's not Luther Corp. You yeah. know, we're like, we're yeah. getting rid of the Luther right away. She's always been trying to do this for a family that is so science-based and so logical and so grounded in, uh, humanism, not humanity, but humanism. Um, what is more antithetical to that than witchcraft? Sure. Explained. Yeah. It's not not explainable. It's not science. It's faith based. It's energy based. It's emotions, and it's that's all. It's basically everything the the Luthers are not. Uh, and so I I think that the the her magic, while kind of in some ways feels still that it came out of left field, is a great representation of her difference from the generic mm-hmm. Luther pact. It's not about hiding the Luther, just the Luther name by being slightly more, you know, of a benefactor to humanity than other people. But like at her core, like in her essence, her energy, her, you know, like that she isn't actually a, quite a different person from the Luthers. Um, and that's 
in representational in her magic. Yep. And so turnaround by by the end of this by the end of this season, I'm like, okay, I'm actually in it. I'm I'm on board with the magic. I get it now. Lena's Lena's arc when you look at it from when she was introduced to where we are here has been about turning against the Luther name. Like she, she starts out trying to turn Luther Corp into L Corp and trying to do good with it. And we end with her having the Lena Luther foundation, right? She, she, in the end, she started out as a very scientific person trying to help the world through science. She tries to do the non nocheri thing, which turns out to be, you know, sort of big brothery and controlling of humanity. And she ends with having the Lena Luther foundation of like, she has, she has learned from her mistakes and she still wants to help humanity. And she has come really not, not, not full circle, but she, she's made, she, she's had an arc, she had a character arc of starting from one place, having a midpoint and then ending in a, in a new place. And that is, she's had one of the most, one of the most compelling character arcs of any character on this show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I think, I mean, we've been, we've been gushing over Lena Luther since she showed up at the beginning of season two. We were all on board for Lena yep. right from the start. And uh, I, I, apart from Kara, I think she's really the most consistently written character on the show. I, I agree. Yeah, With she, the best she, story. Because, like, Jean has been consistent, too. So yep. it's not like, you know, like, the, it's not like other characters are really inconsistent. Alex is fairly consistent. Um, yep. You know, but but I think as far as 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 far as story arcs go, hers hers is great. There's so much care and attention to who she is at every turn. She has been consistent, and she has grown a lot and learned a lot. And I love that at the end... Kara says to her, and this was definitely a, a, a um, something for the Supercorp fans for sure. But like, you are the friend of all the friends I've ever had. You are the friend who has challenged me and pushed me the most um, out of out of anybody. And and it's true. We've seen it. We've watched it happen. And for Kara to acknowledge that um, was really cool. And and something that I feel um, really matters. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Kara, let's uh, let's go to Kara herself. And so she's she says, uh, actually, she said through through a lot of this season, but um, in these last two episodes, that she's you know she's tired of the fight um, in in the way that she's doing it, um, and she's basically burnt out. And and Cat even calls her out on that, where she's like, even you know, environmentalists take a day off, and that's like why you're having this problem, um, like you're like you're just not taking some recoup time um which i actually think is pretty perceptive of cat because that is actually part of the problem where she's not allowing her she was never allowing herself to reflect on herself um and so after her speech in that she's empowered everybody you know to do well you know she makes mention that like this is a empower the empowerment feeling fades you have to keep acting on it and like it's like a choice to actively 
keep working to be your best um, and be your best for others. It's not just like, um, you know, this is, might not make sense to everybody, but it's not every, not every day is the fourth retreat day. If that, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, yeah, so, I do. Yeah, you. Yeah, so there's like, a, if you go on a retreat for whatever reason, you uh, and but there's a saying where like, if you're gone for the weekend, it's like a three day retreat. You now people always say like, live your fourth day because like the good feeling that you've gotten from being away all this time is like that that in that is instilled in you and you should move forward with that feeling but that feeling is not going to be there forever it's kind of like the honeymoon stage of any relationship yeah the like, honeymoon yeah. the honeymoon the high the yeah that 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 good feeling you have at the end of a good experience doesn't doesn't yeah. last for, the high doesn't last forever the honeymoon doesn't last forever but you wish it would and you you mm -hmm. want it we all do like we want to make that last and carry through forever. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 you know, realistically it can't as much mm -hmm. as, as much as we all want it to. Right. And that's kind of where Kara is feeling powerless too. She says, she's, you know, like everyone is so empowered and doing well and she feels powerless. She's like, I think I'm, I'm supposed to be the most powerful person and or the strongest person. I think I'm actually the weakest. Um, and which is not entirely true because, like cars, she faces her fears with the phantoms. You know, like obviously she's had she's had flashes to her time in the phantom zone all season, especially since she's gotten back. And when the phantoms appear, she's like, "I'm not going anywhere." And yeah. so that's full healing right there. Yeah. He, that's the, from her fear. Um, and then, but you know, but her real drama, which we've obviously talked about through most of the season, considering we thought that she was going like we, we had been said, we've been saying for months that she was going to reveal her identity yes. to the world. She didn't do it exactly the way that we thought she was going to do it. You know, she's obviously sticking around, but I think we'll talk about it as we, as we get going, but she says there's two sides of me and I've never been fully whole. Um, and so cat grant is being the voice of reason here when she's like, yeah, yeah, Supergirl, la di da, you know, but she's like, so, Think of all you've accomplished as Supergirl. Think of all that you've accomplished as Kara Danvers, Kira, um, I should say. And imagine what you could do together. Yeah. Like, and that it's an excellent point. Like you're doing, you're splitting yourself up between all these different things. What if you actually just put all of that together and it was one amazing person? Yeah. If you were your, your, you know, truest, most authentic self. I, I love that. This this has been this has happened a few times with Kat now, but um, I love that she will call her Kira. But there have been a handful of times, including in 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 this episode, where when she refers to her by her full name, she will say Kara Danvers. But when she's talking to her directly, she calls her Kira. So it's like it's like a it's I like a know fun your name. name. I know your name is Kara Danvers, but when I'm addressing you directly, I will call you Kira because like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's my sort of, that's my pet name for you. And that's my sort of pretending I don't see you, but I do see you. Like when I talk about you, when I say your full name, I will say your name correctly because I see you. But, but you know, it's, it's sort of a understanding they have that Kat's going to, uh, pretend not to see her, you know, almost for the benefit of every, everyone else around them. Um, and I love that that continues into this episode. Me too. Me too. It's a, it's a great point. 
Um, Kara realizes that she didn't pass the courage gauntlet because she was too afraid to be herself. Yeah. We had talked about that Mm -hmm. way back at the courage gauntlet. Like, you know, like she didn't get it because like she hid her identity from the world. That was really what prompted our conversation about her revealing her identity. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the show did go in that direction. So like, even though they like maybe planted the seeds for a redemption for Nixley and didn't go anywhere, but they were very consistent about Kara and her fears Mm -hmm. because that's her fear going all the way back to the pilot, which is why I'm so glad that I watched it where like her big thing is like, I want to help people and I like, don't know how to do that. And like, she like, like James is in that he goes to National City and he tells her he's like, you know, the big guy because they couldn't say Superman. God yeah, forbid they like yeah. barely said it. Remember the the man, the that guy, the big guy, the big yeah. man guy, the big guy, or him. A lot of hymns, him. Um, and those are in that early season, but um, CK, yeah, right. Um, CK. Honestly, I'm good with the CK though. Um, but uh, you know, he said Jimmy's like. Or James is like, oh, I he didn't want to tell you to do this. He wanted you to figure it out for yourself that this is my something that you might want. And here it is again. Here's this something that like you might like here it is kind of hopefully figuring out for yourself that you need to do something more than what you're doing. And like but giving somebody giving you the idea might not prompt you to do it yourself or do it the right way it has to come from you that's Uh, right yeah and in this case it's kind of already within her so i'm okay with cat being like you know obviously you have a secret and it's not helping you anymore so you need to let that secret go and blah 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 and kara knows this already the way that she the way that she's maybe been Supergirl in Supergirl costume for most of the season. She's not been Kara the way that she um, even acts with like the tree, the cat and the tree, mm. like, you know, like she's like the way she, she like takes off her glasses, puts her glasses back on it. The glasses act as a weight on her shoulders. Yep. Uh, and it's the way that she positions that the Melissa positions herself um, by the time that she actually takes the glasses off at the wedding um, with the inspiration of Lena, again, coming to the rescue, you know, speaking from her own experience about being two different people in an authentic person. And that's kind of also a big theme because like, that was Alex's thing. That's Lena's thing. And that is um, that Jean's thing mm-hmm. being uh, inauthentic and not being your full self. Like, is that's all that's the lesson that everybody learns. When she takes off her glasses at the wedding, I got major Christopher Reeve vibes. Yes. In that scene in Superman 78 where he's like, Lois, I have something I have to tell you. Yep. Um, and he takes off the glasses and he straightens up and he's like, oh, well, you know, Lois, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And he just like, and he swaps right back into it. Yes. You see her I physicality mm-hmm. change instantly um, when she leaves them behind. I think and, of that and I think of the the deleted scene from the Donner cut of Superman two, where he, uh, like, like in, in with the, 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 around the fireplace with the, like where he is about to tell her and, and backs down from it. Yes. The same energy, mm-hmm. same energy. 
where he takes off the glasses and he's like about to do the thing and then backs down from it. It's the same energy here, except she actually does it. She actually does follows through. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the show is really, um, I'd say consistent in saying that like Supergirl's better than Superman. And a lot of that was early because they couldn't use Superman, I think. And so, and there was a lot of, proving that Supergirl is a worthy character to even have a television show. Mm. Remember, like, the, you know, like, um, even just the name, like, the whole thing in the pilot, like, like, cat being, like, I'm, I'm a, a girl. girl. Yeah. Like, you know, it, you know, like, that. what's wrong with being a girl? Right. Um, And, uh, and that's, that follows through all the way, all the way here. What I think I will moan the loss of is the Cara Danvers that we have no this is kind of weird but like the meek and unsure of herself mm. Cara is incredibly endearing as a character sure. and obviously you want them to grow and feel more comfortable in their own bodies and their own selves but it's like actually I like will miss that version of the character because she's just wonderful um, and um, but if you Go ahead and like watch that pilot and how Kara acts around people and talks to people and how fidgety she is with everybody. And there's a lot of like almost like snorting and uncomfortableness and not being in full control of her emotions where she's like, we can't name her Supergirl. She runs into Kat's office and says that. And, and then you have her here, the calmest, coolest, most collected person in an interview with Kat Grant at the end where she says, I'd like to introduce you to Supergirl. And there she is smiling in all of her grace and glory. And she is not the stoic Supergirl with her hands on her hips. Where you Remember, oh, we've talked about this, where you got to be like, calm down just a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you're just a little too much. Um, like a, 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 you're a little too much of a PSA, like, you know, kind of go in that direction and your vegetables, kids. Right. And, and then she's not the, even without saying anything, she's not the Kara with the glasses. She's not, uh, she's not, um, meek in the sense that she, uh, she's not awkward that she can't handle Mm -hmm. herself. So like Supergirl has informed Kara just as much as Kara has informed Supergirl making her transition away yes. from her fear, her grief, her anger, her yes. pain complete. And I just, that's where I thought this finale really like shown. That's above. where it hit, right? Like mm-hmm. th- she has grown so much since we first saw her. She was so, she was so meek and shy and, and just afraid to, be herself like so afraid to be herself and so many influences along the way influences and her own life experience that we've watched we've watched her experience over the last six years we have seen her go from that nervous shy anxious person to this very confident self um aware uh, woman, woman, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, from yeah. a girl to a woman, we've watched her grow up. Um, over the last six years, we've watched her develop into a person who is 
able and you know capable and and um courageous enough to um to to be her or you know like like cat says to be her most authentic self i um i'm gonna get english teacher here go for, for a second so most stories are quest narratives like they tell a very specific story about somebody going to get a thing, going from someplace to get a thing. Kara's story is quintessential quest. It is your main character is Kara Danvers, Supergirl, and she is from Krypton, as she says, and, you know, refugee on, on the planet Earth. And her stated quest is to help people. That is the her reason for being. She says it in the pilot, and she follows through hope, help, and compassion for all, all the way to the freaking end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's her big thing. And then she turns that hope, help, and compassion at all into empowerment, right? Yes. That's really what that means. That's that's where they, they, they kind of finalize that. Tons of trials and tribulations on the way. She literally fights dragons um, and aliens and, you know, robots and anything under the sun that you could possibly think of. Um and, you know, she has her darker moments, blah, 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 all that stuff that quests are involved in um, her. But in a quest, it's really goes unstated most of the time. Mm. In this case, it, it didn't really. But there's there's the quest, which is to help people read the vanquish the world of evil or whatever. But the the quest has a real reason for going there, and that real reason is self knowledge. Joseph mm. Campbell, the you know famed um, uh, uh, mythological um, professor, he speaks about the inner and the outer, um, and so the outer life is like what people live for in stories like you know like the day-to-day actions like the plot you know like i'm going to help you i gotta stop this person i gotta stop this threat i gotta stop nick gotta stop lex gotta stop rain gotta whatever all the way through the inner is the reflective part the thing that you actually don't really notice that you're improving on through the course of your quest and kara's is so perfectly quest-like because it's to help people in the in the in every way that she can and wants to, but it's actually about her own self improvement, and not just being a hero, but just being comfortable in who she is as a person. Um, and that is that is really the thesis of the show and yes. the quest. And it 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 starts in zero one x zero one <laughs> and ends perfectly in zero x. Or zero six x twenty, yeah, whatever you know. Season six, episode twenty, and that is, I'm just so thrilled to to see that come to its um, its fruition. Um, We had talked about her going to space, you know, like she go to help help compassion for all means everybody to outer space. That doesn't mean that she's not going to do that. And I like the way that the show ends. But I was actually thinking that like. I like that she doesn't because that is actually that doesn't merge Kara and Supergirl together. Right. That's true. That, that's more Supergirl than Kara in a lot of ways to go and do that, to go do that stuff in space because I'm going to skip to unbiased journalism. Our, our final theme where cat buys cat go 
Uh, she buys it back, and she's only going to do the news that matters, she says. And she wants Kara as the editor-in-chief. And then Kara is really torn because, you know, she's like, I left because, like, I couldn't give myself completely to reporting because it requires lying to leave and to come back. And, like, and if she takes the editor-in-chief job, that's even more responsibility with more lying that she's going to have to do. Um and so that, like she, that's the big part of her big struggle in the journalism world. Um, but Kara says in the pilot, she says, "I joined Catco because I thought that being part of a news agency or something was going to help. Like that's a way to change the world, the mm. way to help people." She said, "All I end up doing is like really like getting coffee." And and so you're seeing her progression as the superhero, as Supergirl, like this is how I'm learning to be a superhero and blah, blah, blah through the course seasons. But you're also seeing her, her Kara being part of the news as like getting the coffee gopher yes. assistant all the way to editor in chief um, and like there is cat says there is no greater way to change the world than than journalism, than yes. news. Uh, and and I think, so, like, that's really merging those things together. Like, because Kara doesn't start the show as Supergirl, she starts it as Kara, and it ends it with Kara, yes. which is why the show is called oh, Kara at the I, end. I'm so, so glad you said that, because that's, yes, that's exactly it. She started as Kara. She invented Supergirl in the pilot, right? And mm -hmm. she ends up being Kara again. And that is so emblematic of the, you know, there are different philosophies when, when Superman was first invented and, and when he was sort of, when, when the character was sort of fully formulated, you know, I, I think of like the, the radio show or the Fleischer cartoon early days, but when it leapt from the comic page to other media, the idea was Superman, Kal-El is the real identity, and Clark Kent is the disguise. And in more mm -hmm. recent years, since about the 80s onwards, the idea has flipped where it's, well, okay, but Clark Kent is the real person. Kara Danvers is the real person. And Superman, Supergirl... That's the secret identity. That's the 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 thing they take on to do what they were meant to do, and and this show subscribes to that. Where she was, Kara. Mm -hmm. She Kara is her true self. Supergirl was the disguise that she used to do the things that she was sent to do, that she was meant to do. And at the end of this series, she is able to actually do both. She's actually able to be. Kara, who is her real true self, who is her real, you know, her birth name, if mm -hmm. you want to be technical about it, that's the name she was given on Krypton at birth. She gets to be Kara at the end of it. And and people, you know, know that this person, Supergirl, who she's been masquerading as, is just the nickname, if you want, for Kara, who was the real person all along. Yeah, that's that's a great. It's actually great. I had not even really thought about that. Kara is her birth name as well. It's not even like an Earth given name. It's not like Clark and Kal El. It's or, her actual like, name. It, it, that is her actual name. She gets to actually be herself, her whole self. Um, let me 
ask, do you think this means that she's given up the moniker of Supergirl, the costume, all of that, or she's just, she can save people in her plaid jacket if she wants to? I like to think that she probably changes into the, into the Supergirl costume to do the saving because yeah. that's 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 part of the I, I like to think that that's what she does. But yeah, yeah I, that, I do, too. Yeah, because I, I think the it's not really a costume in why well, I mean, it is a costume in the idea of protecting her identity, because that's really what the glasses were for. Yeah, um, it, it's not the about costume, the identity anymore, but it's 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 less of a costume and more of a uniform. Correct. And I was the the um, it's really more about the crest. Yeah, it's symbol. Right. Because this is my family's crest. Yep. You know, this is important to me. So it's representational of who she is. And it's the it's not just like, you know, oh, I have a spider on my chest because yeah. I'm Spider-Man. Yes, yes. You know, like it's like it's on the nosy. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, and so I think that she does continue yep. like you know in and in, in whatever in whatever way that looks and yep. so yeah i'm just uh tickled pink i just think that the i think it was a, a really a brave way to end the show um there is a lot of social justice to go back to the that final theme the social justice black lives matter climate change stuff that that actually wasn't huge in the show the way that we thought it was going to be but it cars, was kind of teased as as being bigger this season as as yeah. Bigger and than I mean, we thought it, it, it was. Be. It was pointed in in when they did talk about it, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't kind of the the crux of the whole show. But um, Kara's speech up to the world is basically social justice, like you know, help people do better, like empower, you know, like that's work together to build a better world. That's social justice. Um, and so, and then you see that in action when Kara's like, it's we got to help people, not just as superheroes but as people um and so that's where all these foundations come from and that's also social justice in action mm-hmm. you know like lena luther foundation and the william day thing and dreamers and dreamers lgbtq plus thing and like all this stuff like that yeah all yes um yes. social justice and so it really does wrap together um by the end of the whole show the whole series has been about that like in in a, in a very big way you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it just, it has been, um, in particular season four with, with a lot of the agent Liberty stuff, but like it, it, it just has been a consistent theme. Um, and yep. so while it maybe wasn't as explicit this season as, as it maybe had been hinted at at the beginning of the season, it has been a theme throughout the series. Yeah. Um, it just as a final, just kind of right at the end, I really love that it's cat grant that does this interview, with Kara at yes. the end because Kat is responsible for naming her in the first place. Yep. Um, and so like, and that's a big thing from the pilot. Like, you know, she's like you, she, you and I are linked. Like, you know, she will forever be tied to Catco. Yeah. Like, because I helped create this moniker or whatever for her. And here she is the ultimate reveal of like moving past one or the other and putting them together, the employee that is the superhero where the name comes from the company of the employee. And here she is kind of revealing all of that mm-hmm. to, um, to everybody very much, um, very much a nice full circle moment. Um, question Superman recently in comics, a number of years ago, a number of years ago now, um, revealed his identity to the world. It went through this basic, basically this arc. And he was like, I'm not helping 
as many people as I could the way that I, if I just told everybody who I am, I'm, I'm both of these things. Do you think that this is how the show would end if that didn't happen in the comics? Oh, interesting. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like it would. I feel like this, this feels, she did this for different reasons than, than the reasons that motivated it in the comics. So I feel like this could have happened either way. Um, I feel like her reasoning was, it was much more, it was, it was much more about being her truest self and about being, um, who she has been since the pilot. Like it really does feel like a consistent through line, not necessarily something I would have predicted back in, you know, 2015 when the pilot aired. Um, but it, it feels consistent as a, a, Oh, I see how we got here. We went through a journey over mm-hmm. the last six years and we got to this place where revealing her identity is the right thing for her to do. It's a little bit of a different reasoning and rationale compared to the reasoning in the comics. Um, so I feel like it, it could have happened either way. Yeah, it could have happened even if that hadn't happened in the comics. I don't feel yeah. like it was influenced by the comics necessarily. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it was um, done, written for that reason. It feels like it, it, it came to it in its own organic way on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um I think it's probably where we would have we would have ended the show either way, but I think um it it doesn't uh it doesn't hurt that there's um precedence yeah. yes. for for this kind of moment. Um and I love personally in the Arrowverse that Kara gets this moment and not Superman, yeah, right? Because there's I, always I this battle between like oh is a superman or supergirl who's more important and who's more loved and blah 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 and i think that this is this is a bigger step this this continues to cement the importance of supergirl yeah. in the arrowverse and the impact that she has on it she did show up first you know let's face it she showed up first like 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 he 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 was around already we know in the in the backstory but like we saw her first um and so there is a more there is a bigger impact in her doing this for us as an audience just because she was around in our consciousness she was around first mm-hmm. speaking of showing up uh did you want superman to show up since he you know like he started on her show in the Arrowverse. I mean, I always you... want him to show up, right? Sure. Like, yeah. He's the very character of all time. Of course I want him to show up. But but I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't missing him. I wasn't sitting around waiting for him, you know, waiting for Tyler to show up and, and then disappointed. I wasn't disappointed that he wasn't there um, because it's not his show. And it never has been. And, and it, you know, throughout season one, his him chatting her and stuff, like it was, it was, it was never his show. Him showing up first in this show, I thought was Tyler. Tyler making his first appearance in the show was great and was a bonus, but I didn't expect him to show up here. And, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't disappointed when he didn't. Yep. I'm with you. And I think that he would have been a distraction in some way, possibly from yeah. the story that they were telling. Uh, and I think if you were going to have him show up, it's, 
host the final scene of sure. this episode because that's something that, or or the final pep talk to do what she's going to do but she didn't she didn't need a pep talk from him because she had it from yeah. the 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 mentor figures in her life or the strong friendships that she has you know Alex being like you have to figure this out Cat Grant being like all right it's probably not as big of a deal as you think it is so get over yourself and for Lena to be like I know what it's like to be two different people and you'll be happier when you're one. Believe me. Yeah. It's, you know, it's hard for me because he, Superman is my favorite comic book character ever. Full stop period. Like, like that, mm -hmm. that is my ideal. Um, so of course I want him to be there, but objectively it's Kara's story. And for him to be there would be kind of a distraction and, and it would be kind of, it would take you out of it and it would, yeah, it would change things. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go so far as to say I'm glad he wasn't there, but for him to have been there might have been a distraction from her, mm -hmm. her story. And we've had plenty of distractions from her story. So we didn't need more <laughs> like yep. make it about her, make the, let her finale be about her. It should be. And it was, and it was great for that reason. Um, before we kind of wrap up here, um, is there, what do you think you're going to miss about the show? Like, what will you miss seeing the most? Like, I'm going to miss the camaraderie of this cast, mm -hmm. um, that is just wonderful. So it's not the super heroics that, you know, obviously we, we like, but we, we love the super heroics, but we love game night. We love yes. pot stickers. That's we love the stuff couch time it's, you know it's it's couch time it's karaoke time it's, the, it's mm -hmm. those things the the them letting their hair down so to speak and and being themselves you know with their superhero identities put to the side that's the stuff that i'll i'll miss the most them them getting to hang out and have their their you know like oh okay it's been a rough day let's have a drink together at the at the uh, at the cantina, alien mm -hmm. cantina, and 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 hang out like Alice. that's the stuff. Alice, yeah. yeah, that's the stuff that I will miss the most. Um, they're they're the character, um, the stuff, the the actual them as as you know human beings, even though not all of them are human beings. Um, them getting to be as human as can be, that's the stuff that I'll miss the most. And and it's been a delight to watch them grow um all yep. of them from from Kara to alex to john to lena to like all of them especially the characters we've spent the most time with but all of them they've all yeah, had arcs. Mia, brainy win james yeah. like these are tried and true characters we watched for the years of our lives yeah um yeah and uh it's just wonderful to say goodbye to them in a um collectively good way yes uh and so um frank i think there's no trailer tv talk obviously because it's the end of the show but there's one more video and now the end is near and so i face the final curtain this is for the show and for us it is yeah. we we face the final curtain Tim, it was almost seven years ago that we started this show. It was in January of 2015. Oh, my um, gosh. 
<laughs> yeah. That's so wild. We're coming up on seven years. We're just a couple months shy. Yeah. And we had already been doing, you know, Beer with Geeks. We'd already been podcasting together. We've been friends for many years before that. Much more but, um, you know, this show in a special way, the consistency of it and the, the, the work that we put, you put, I, I mean, you put so much work into this show, into, into always taking consistent notes, thoughtful notes. And, and I, I've sometimes contributed to those notes, but oftentimes not contributed so much to those notes, to be honest. <laughs> you have been the note taker consistently. I've been the editor, but you've been the, the note taker. So we've both played our roles. Yeah, I was going to say, don't, yeah, don't discount. Thank you for your kind words, but don't discount yourself because, like, I might take notes on this show, but, like, it doesn't sound good, move well, um, you know, or even reach public ears without you. We, we've had our roles. You've had your role. I've had my role. You've had your role in, in the content of the show. I have my role in the distribution of it. We both put a lot of work into it. And I'm very grateful for the work you put into it. Um, I, I'm grateful for the. We've been friends for a long time, but I'm I'm grateful for the time we've spent doing this show. And um, yeah, man, it, this is the first show that we have started and brought to completion. It's been almost seven years of 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 working on this together, and I'm really really grateful for the experience of doing this with you buddy thank you that's that means i oops i like it's not like it feels it's it truly is uh it has been an honor and a pleasure uh to to be on this show um with with you all the hard work that you have done that i you know i've mentioned like you really do so much for this whole network never mind just for um supergirl tv talk and um and on on top of all of that, it, we just got to geek out about a fun show, a fun character that we really grew to appreciate. I, truthfully, I like I really grew to appreciate Supergirl as a character. Like I liked her; she was fine. Like I didn't have like a really super strong connection to it. We started the show because there was no Superman show, and we were like, "This is good. This is close." We you know like we like comics. You love Superman. I love Superman, and so like let's do the Supergirl show. And by the end of the by the end of the show, I'm like Super Who, like you know, like it's Supergirl, um, like really top ten favorite comic characters now because of this show. And I say that fully, everyone fully know well that I am one hundred through and through a Batman fan first, and that includes the all of the Bat family. So yeah, it's just been it's just been marvelous. Um, and so you can check us out. Uh, in a lot of other places on the Thoughtbubble Audio Network at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Beer with Geeks being uh, really the highest, uh, the most among them. I'm actually drinking a beer right now for Exhibit A, Goody Two Shoes, which is a Coast style ale. I thought Supergirl was a Goody Two Shoes, and I thought that would be good. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, good mix. But until next time, there won't be one. We love you all for listening. Thank you so much. And uh... until we see you again. Now and for always, up, up, and away. Yes, it was my.